Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Live Podcast Week 10 Review Edition. I'm your host, Ian Hart. It's a great day to be great. It's a great thing, great day to talk all things Week 10 with the one, the only Fantasy Live Director of Analytics, Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, we've laughed, we've cried, we've, you know, gambled and played a lot of fantasy football, man. What a <laughs> Sunday. How are you doing, man? Oh, man, it's a great Sunday. It's a great Sunday. Uh, you know, I made a couple of bad calls. I played some D- some um, DFS today. Like, I did really good. But, like, it, I, I made a couple of calls that really hurt me. Really kept me going for, going for a huge game. But, yeah, it's a good day, man. We're, we're talking football, and we got the latest utilization. We've got, uh, dude, a lot of, a lot of big games today, like, from passing perspective. Like, it was nice to see kind of a... Uh, you know, not what we've seen the last few weeks, which is, uh, you know, everybody throwing for 200 yards. So that was fun. And, you know, just on that note, Dwayne, let's talk about one of the most exciting games of the day. Oh, Kicking off out of Germany, we had the Colts <laughs> take down the Patriots uh, 10 to 6 in this one. So credit to Gardner Minshew and company for covering as one and a half point favorites. The under obviously did cash at 42 and a half. So Patriots will be on their week 11 by. We'll talk about them in just a second. Dwayne, on the Colts, you know, passing offense. Again, we've seen Gardner Minshew have a lot of difficulties just taking care of the ball this year. And let's face it, you know, with an interception today, you know, wasn't exactly his best performance out there. Only scored 10 points. Hard to have too good of a day with that. All that said, continuing to keep Michael Pittman heavy Heavily involved and at this point NFL high seven games with at least eight receptions so absolute you know great guy to have now as that wide receiver two in full PPR scoring in particular great to see that Josh Downs also made a sick downfield catch but continuing to play through that knee injury clearly not quite 100% out there so we got that going in the passing game and that's fine and dandy but come on man the real story here is Jonathan Taylor finally as weird as as weird as this is to say getting that Zach Moss role Dwayne <laughs> That really could unlock, you know, what was one of the most fantasy-friendly running backs we've seen in quite some time. No, JT didn't go out there and make the absolute most out of the touches. But, Dwayne, I mean, if we are seeing this workload moving forward, weekly top five upside RB1. Yeah, for sure. I mean, over the last two games, 75% of the snaps in week nine. This week, it got even higher at 89%. He had 92% of the team's rushing attempts today. Also had 75% route participation. So that's the second week in a row we've seen that. Wasn't as, wasn't as involved in the passing game this week as what we have seen for the course of the season. But still, like, I think he's going to be fine, you know, in that regard. It's tough for guys to, you know, have the same, you know, get those the same number of targets every single week whenever you're playing running back. So I think we're still going to see some nice involvement, you know, from Taylor in that in that capacity as well going forward. And yeah, if he's doing this, yeah, he's going to have weeks where he should be the running back one overall. Um, you kind of mentioned the only problem here, only 14 and a half fantasy points, despite the fact that you got 23 rushing attempts. <laughs> the inefficiency woes did continue today for Taylor. And just watching him, you know, because I got to watch pretty much every carry of that game. I mean, he doesn't quite look like the player that we're used to. Now, he is a guy that was, you know, you know, battling through an injury. I know part of it was the contract, but there was an injury involved when he went on IR. So you would think, though, by now, Ian, like he would be all the way back from that. I mean, we're talking week 10. He came back in week five. So it's kind of hard to think that he's suddenly going to flip the switch on efficiency. Um, I, I don't know that this will be something that will plague him for the rest of his career or anything, but I am a little worried about the rest of this season. Are we – are we truly going to see the JT that we saw not last year, but the year before when he just went bonkers? 
Both these teams actually will have their week 11 by. I know I just said the Patriots before and after said by the Colts are going to have the Buccaneers, the Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, and Raiders. So certainly not the most formidable group of defenses, as we know with JT, though, when he is truly right with that true workhorse role, not really any defense out there is going to slow him down much anyway. Over on the other side of the football, Mac Jones got benched for like the third or fourth time this season, but it was not because the score was out of reach this time. They finally just brought in Bailey Zappi because that gave them the better chance to win so absolutely horrendous interception led to it like i would kept waiting to see a replay between the ball getting tipped at the line because i just couldn't believe that he underthrew mike jasicki that bad but sure enough there was not a tip and mac jones just sadly threw a just game crushing interception that should have been a 15 yard touchdown in all likelihood to Mike Jasicki. So I also heard that Hunter Henry had a better ball touchdown. I was doing our show at Kendall and Golden, so couldn't exactly get eyes on every single throw out there. But yeah, Dwayne threw uh, 10 weeks of action now. Mac Jones, NFL height, 20 turnover worthy plays. I mean, he had 22 and 14 games last year, only 11 his entire rookie season in 17 games. So I don't know if Mac Jones, if anything, can, you know, turn him around at this point. I was told just simply removing Matt Patricia from the building would uh, be, you know, the real solve here. But yeah, man, I don't think uh, Bailey Zappi is really the answer either. Maybe the uh, bye week will magically turn this passing game into good. What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't think so. But <laughs> I mean, we do have a shakeup going on uh, in this wide receiver core. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of injuries, um, lost Kendrick Bourne for the season. There's been some things definitely going on. But when you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Ian, he only gave you 1.9 fantasy points today, so I know it's not exactly exciting, but he had a 100% route participation. Ooh. So if Juju does that, like he will have a chance to be a wide receiver three for your fantasy team. I know it won't be really pretty. It'll be pretty gross. But up until this point, like he's been he's been earning targets when he's on the field. The real issue had been he had been kind of capped like at this 45, 50% route participation. Obviously, not a guy you're going to go crazy on in fab like you mentioned. Well, number one, he's Juju Smith-Schuster. Number two, <laughs> they're going to be on by next week. So you would have to be planning a couple of moves ahead. Uh, ahead. Um, but just something to remember. Then Demario Douglas. Uh, this is so over the last three games, Ian, basically since he's taken over uh, a starting role, he's given you 7.9, 10 and a half, and then today 14.4 fantasy points. His targets per route run on the season now sits at 25%. That's really, really good. So this guy's playing good. He had a 35% target share today, nine targets, six receptions, 84 yards. So I do think that Demario Douglas is moving into that low end wide receiver three range. He's a guy that we probably just kind of got to look you can call him a borderline if you want. Like he's, I don't know that he's going to score many touchdowns, but I think he's going to give you this chance to catch six to eight balls, give you 80 to 100 yards each week. Uh, and maybe occasionally he catches a touchdown. You know, Jacoby Myers, he went through the thing playing slot. So I, don't, I can't guarantee that the touchdowns are going to come, but um, the guy is earning targets and you just have to give him a hat tip for that. I was just looking at this saying, is this really Jacoby Myers 2.0 all over again here? Because right now, guys, you know, poor Evan Ingram, he does have the NFL high 65 targets without a touchdown, but tied for second, none other than Demario Douglas and Jonathan Mingo with 44 scoreless targets. So, you know, Demario, again, just remember, serve out your career here, and then go to Las Vegas and you'll start scoring every freaking night over there. So good stuff there, Dwayne. We did see Ramondre Stevenson actually go out there and get well over, not well over, but 102 total 
yards. Well, you know, th- that plus three on DK counts all the same, whether you're two yards over or a hundred over. So credit to Ramondre. And now, I mean, over these past five weeks, RB7, RB15, RB40, RB2, and then today's performance that I would imagine will get him pretty close into the top 24. So just again, not maybe the upside RB1 heights and dreams that we had for him this year, but certainly coming a bit more into his own and helping fantasy managers out over the last month or so of action. All right, guys, fun one next up. We had the Browns take down the Ravens 33-31. to Cleveland was down 24-9 at one point, 31-17 in the fourth, just kept on fighting. So obviously covered as six-point dogs, and the over was breeze past at a lowly 39. So shout-out to Sean Watson, 14 for 14 in the second half, 134 yards and 16 rushing yards. Now, when I say 14 for 14 in the second half, and the guy is still only 20 for 34 for the game, you can probably put together that I wasn't all, you know, a great performance performance from Watson like a two for nine start or something was not going well but credit to the guy played through a lot of pain out there was actually seeing a walking boot afterwards so certainly going to have to look into the ankle and leg stuff going on but Dwayne more than anything even if Watson himself didn't exactly blow up you know the box score we got to see Amari Cooper go for 98 yards Elijah Moore got to go reintroduce reintroduce himself to the end zone they when, you see him when he scored it almost looked like he couldn't believe it like he just kind of backed into the end zone I thought he was looking for a whistle he's like the play's live like this happens that's what i thought too he looked so confused he's like i'm in the end zone what's happening so elijah did his thing and to be fair even other than that play he i thought flat like he had a real nice route on that like one third and long conversion i thought he just eye test wise looked better than he had all year and then david njoku man now number one in the nfl in yards after the catch per reception yes some of that has to do with him having a three yard eight off but man you get that dude the ball in space and he is making all kinds of plays david njoku and Gerald everett now the only tight ends with double digit broken tackles on the season so again Dwayne drum forward 107 yards like this is against the Ravens I wouldn't have been surprised if we were sitting here saying yeah the Browns scored three points but it was against the Ravens so all in all man with expectations like if this is what we can get out of the Browns moving forward that is fantastic for everyone involved Yeah, it's good for Jerome Ford. We talked about him a little bit last week, but this is the second week in a row where he's been over 60% of the snaps. Remember before that, he had the game where he was only out there 30%, but he had hurt his ankle. And then he surprisingly was able to play the next week, but he only, you know, he wasn't able to do a ton with his carries still coming back from injury. Uh, I mean, he was fine. Give you 12.7 fantasy points last weekend. This weekend, he had 50% of the rushing attempts again. Um, but he was able to be more efficient on it. 17% of his carries went for 10-plus yards today. Um, he also was out there for 57% of the routes. And then we had him, you know, from didn't get the targets that we had seen from him recently, only had one today. But I think we can pretty much look at him, Ian, as being a guy that's going to get about 50% of the rushing attempts, probably 55-60% route participation each week. He's going to have some games where he gives you more targets than this. So I think right now, You're looking at a player that on average is probably going to be somewhere between 16 and 20, 21 opportunities per game. And so that that keeps him in that solid running back to range. Kareem Hunt, his role really hasn't changed. Again, very similar today, 35% of the the snaps, 29% of the attempts, 26% route participation. But he is stealing something very valuable from Jerome Ford. He continues to get the carries inside the five-yard line. Those are not going to Jerome Ford. Right now, now we've seen teams change their mind on this stuff with mul- you know multiple different teams this year. But right now, the Browns the Browns seem pretty content to let Kareem Hunt handle the carries inside the five. So that dampens like that real ceiling that we want to see for Ford if he can't uh, get the stuff close to the goal line. 
was looking good out there, though. And again, just good to see that this still is the clear Jerome Ford RB1A show. Kareem Hunt as that 1B, as opposed to, you know, a few weeks ago, Dwayne seeing Pierre Strong Jr. stick his head into things and make it a bit more complicated. So good stuff there from Ford. And just on the season now, man, 4.3 yards per carry. Hunt's all the way down there at 3.3. And just shout out to Ford for having a pretty darn good game out there. Six missed tackles, four sides tied for the second highest mark of the week on the ground. Uh, only other note here on the Brown side of things was, you know, we do have that one interception in the Sean Watson's box score. And I will just say more so just going to tip, tip my hat to a Kyle Hamilton than blame Deshaun. For oh my God. Like that. that was a great play. First freaking pass attempt of the game. We got right a funny stat after that. That's the second time this year. Watson's thrown a pick six on his first pass attempt. So not good there, but man, to deflect that ball and then catch it. Like Dwayne, I thought because they kind of, they didn't show him actually catching it off screen. He was just walking to the end zone. I was like, Oh, pass must must have been deflected and hit the ground okay and then you just see the touchdown ravens pop up and it's like all right kyle hamilton great play go irish yeah ravens side of the football sad not not sad day Dwayne, because the man did go ahead and bust off you know a freaking 39 38 yard touchdown or whatever but keaton mitchell only three carries on the afternoon two targets one of which honestly wasn't that far away from being a 19 yard touchdown i don't even want to say it was a better ball situation but just really good Looked last like second coverage it. i thought the I thought the Browns defender got uh, his fingertip in there last second. Maybe it was a drop. But it didn't like it, a drop. I think it did. I, when the view I saw, though, it still hit Mitchell in the chest. It could have been one of those things where the defender's hand flashes right in front of you at the last second. But, I mean, Mitchell, you know. It was close. He had his numbers to the quarterback falling backwards, and the ball hit him. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was close to, uh, you know, being another ridiculous, not ridiculous, but an even bigger day because that could have easily been another six points. Uh, well, that would actually yeah. have been like another nine <laughs> points. Definitely wasn't a bad throw from Lamar Jackson is my main point there. But, hey, yeah. Dwayne, you know, the touchdown he had, like, this dude erases angles in the open field. So, I know he's only had 12 freaking rush attempts per this year, but he's stealing, you know, Devin Achan's whole flow at this point, dude. 14.3 yards for carry, Achan's in second at 12.1. This dude is forcing, you know, he had a .75 missed tackles force rate, which will never sustain, but, my God, you can imagine what it'd be like if it did, Dwayne. So, <laughs> really impressive again. All that to say, though, still very much the one C in this three back committee right now. Do you see us changing or are we once again looking at week 11 as a week where no, we cannot recommend starting Keaton Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, he's pretty close right now with Justice Hill. 26% of the snaps to Justice, uh, 22% to Keaton, 17% route participation uh, for for Mitchell, 23% for Hill. So, I mean, they were pretty close in that stuff, but more carries definitely going to Mitchell. Uh, you know, there's only 8% of the attempts going to Justice Hill. So I do think there's still this chance that Mitchell passes Hill. And he also came into the, this game, you know, with a hamstring issue. He was questionable. We basically got the late Saturday night report that he was expected to play. So this could also be them managing him while, you know, they, they probably every time he breaks loose, they're like, crap, he's going to pull his hamstring because he's just going to get into the open field. Let's every he time looks he healthy gets... out there. <laughs> I know, but we didn't really see him much in the second half. So I do wonder if, you know, they decided just to protect him. The game got to where it was. Now, obviously, the Browns came back and did a nice job to win the game, but maybe they were protecting him a little bit. I do. St I, I still see some some major upside here for Mitchell, where it could really be more of a one two punch with Hill on the periphery. I don't think Hill ever completely goes away, but I think I do think that Mitchell is a guy that I, I would put 
I would bet that he does take over the number two role here at some point. Um, Gus Edwards, you know, it was kind of a rough day for him, but he was still in his normal role, 54% of the snaps, 46% of the rushing attempts. He did get the lone carry inside the five, and he did once again punch that in. He's getting pretty, pretty good at that, Ian, over the last several games. Gus Edwards has been dominating, and it's good because he had 11 carries for 24 yards, so we needed that touchdown today. Not so sure if he's going to still be the uh, overall PPR RV1 by the end of this week like he has been over the past three combined, but still a nice little month stretch here for the artist known as Gus Bus. Final note in the running back room, Justice Hill did have a six-yard touchdown, unfortunately nullified on a hold. So did the hold cause a touchdown to happen in the first place? Probably, but it still would have been a lot cooler for any Justice Hill fantasy managers out there if they had gotten that one. In the passing game, Dwayne, not you know the best game from Lamar Jackson, and sadly it is another performance where – you know, yes, it was 24 points if you take away the Hamilton pick, but really the Ravens continuing to light up scoreboards and Lamar just not really putting up the fancy numbers that you would expect from these point totals, but still out there having, you know, the Lamar sort of uses that we would expect. And he still is very much the the QB one and overall rushing yards by a wide margin this year. So overall, not worried about Lamar, Dwayne, especially because, man, wide receivers are really starting to come into their own. Shout out to uh, Jetpack Galileo for pointing out earlier this week, just on routes, not even completion but obj really looking like a lot more i don't want to say all the way back to his giant self but even like just pre next acl tear like the rams year man looking good and looking athletic out there i think we saw that on his throwback slant that he took to the house very fun time i maintain that watching obj score is a bit like a religious experience especially in the revenge game factor so good stuff there and good stuff from zay flowers Dwayne, who no didn't exactly again go bonkers but based on some of the few weeks we've seen before man we'll take 73 yards eight days the week out there coulda shoulda would have been so much bigger we got wide open d for a potential 41 yard touchdown lamar sadly could not put it on him and overthrew how him. many so, is that this week this year ooh, now there, there there's quite a least, few man. there's at least three touchdowns right that we've missed it's up there with what marquise brown had to go through a bit in 2020 sadly yeah yeah i i knew it was close yeah he did have a good game today and like last week like i know people got down you know, on flowers and part of it is because you've been waiting for the breakout and then you yeah. get the dud game. But overall, I mean, this is the top, this is the top receiver in this offense. Listen to these target shares, 48%, 15%, 33%, 22%, 29%, 28%, 21%, 27%. You got last week's dud at 3%, 26% led the team again this week. More often than not, Zay Flowers is leading this team in targets. It's to your point. They don't have to throw the ball a ton. Even right. in today's game, they lost, but they were up by like what, over 14 at one point in, in the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Yep. So they didn't have to continue pushing it, and their defense plays really good. Uh, their run game, it's good. You got Lamar Jackson working in on that. So I think the, the biggest thing, we just need more passing attempts. Like if this was a team that actually was throwing the ball, you know, 40 having 40 you know pass attempts per game we'd be super excited about zay flowers but it's just his his 25 to 30 percent target shares typically in this offense like the max you're getting out of that is like eight and the and the the mean you're getting is six and so it's it's a little bit of a challenge but we also know these really do because he's had all these big plays that he's just barely missed on so you know, there'd been a little bit of a narrative. I thought Matt Harmon did a really nice job, you know, last week kind of outlining it on Twitter, but that, you know, Zay Flowers was just a gadget player. And I could tell from the data, like he wasn't, I haven't watched every snap from Zay Flowers. I've watched him a lot this year. Um, but look, his targets, his targets per route run against man still lead the team. 
Like if you suck and you can't get open, you don't get targeted versus man coverage. So, and, and it's not all just little, you know, lollipop stuff. He does get gadget plays, but he's also really good at getting open on his own. So I still feel like Zay eventually is going to pop here. Like it's hard to just keep telling. He's kind of like a lava at this point. It's coming, yeah. it's coming. And everybody's like, oh no, it's never coming. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But I, I really like him uh, on the OBJ thing, man. I was kind of disappointed because OBG, OBJ had been, Holding steady, had 60% route participation over the last three games. And even though he had the big play today, you know, where he get, gets the gets open against man coverage on the slant, takes it to the house, outruns the angle by the safety. You're right. It was total vintage OBJ stuff. Love it. 40% route participation. Oh. This is one of his lowest marks. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to break it down by quarter or anything. Maybe some of this was due to they thought they, they had the game in hand again. But Rashad Bateman was actually third on the team in route participation today at 77%. That's the highest number we've seen from Bateman since like week one. So I don't know if it's just a, a random way the rotation worked out, you know, because sometimes this can come down to what drive a player gets to play on. And is it longer? Is it shorter? There's all sorts of little weird things that can work in. So I don't want to freak out about it, but I was a little disappointed because, you know, OBJ scored 11 fantasy points today. And I was hoping we would come in and be like, oh, 75% route participation. This is a guy we can start thinking about. Firing up as a wide receiver three, no, still really more of a fringe wide receiver four, wide receiver five, until we actually see the routes come along for the ride. Obviously, Mark Andrews can't boom every single week, but Dwayne, I do think we are going to get some better overall performances from this passing game as a whole moving forward. Because I mean, look at these games over. Like we had this one where you're you're 100 right. I mean, they were up the entire second half, like late into the fourth quarter. So this wasn't like a pass-friendly game script for them. Last week, you know, they were killing the Seahawks. The week before that, it was another game like this where they were killing the Cardinals until kind of this ill-fated comeback late. The Lions game was 38-6. to It's been over a month, man, since we've seen them actually have to just consistently throw yeah. out a game, play to, you know, just score points. But coming up here, week 11, actually good Thursday night game for once against the Bengals. Hell yeah. Week 12, we get the Chargers in LA. Maybe Justin Herbert's down to score some points. A bye week, and then to close things out, man, Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, and Dolphins. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to just eviscerate those secondaries or anything, but these are six straight offenses, Dwayne, where especially as long as Stafford's back for the Rams, man, I think they can actually force Lamar and company to throw the football. Maybe, just maybe, these are sort of league-winning wide receivers we need to try to get on the squad right now. Yeah, man, the schedule is is definitely encouraging because we do have some most of those teams you just named, we know have offenses, you know, besides yeah. the Rams. And even the Rams, when they if they have Stafford healthy, right, with Cup and Pua, like they can surprise anybody as well. So I do like the schedule. Um, I would say like Bateman, if you're playing in a really deep league, like he's worth an ad. He's been, you know, dropped in most leagues at this point. So if you're sitting there and you're just needing some kind of stash with some upside. Bateman's a guy like that we liked coming out of college. He's never really been able to stay healthy, but he has flashed at times um, in the NFL as well. So I can't say for sure which one it's going to be, but Bateman or OBJ, one of them could actually be, you know, they could be factors down the stretch. Next game here had the Texans take down the Bengals. That's right. The Freaking Texans, everyone, taking over the NFL and continental America as we know it. 30 to 27, covered obviously as five and a half point dogs. The overcash with ease at 45 and a half. So CJ Stroud's getting the Schefter MVP tweet. And, you know, Dorian, like, who am I to really disagree with it at this <laughs> point? I mean, I don't know. Like, do I think he'll win it? Probably not. But man, the dude is certainly getting his, uh, you know, playing well enough to be in that discussion. So on the season now, third in yards per attempt. I mean, it's not easy, Dwayne. That's the craziest part. 
because like when you look at yards per attempt, I mean, he's in third and he got Tua and Brock Purdy ahead of him. And that, yeah, you watch those offenses and you can see why. And I'm not saying average target depth is the end all be all of being a system quarterback because Tua honestly has a pretty high A dot as well. But like, you know, so think of this more as complimenting Stroud and less ripping on uh, Tua or Brock Purdy for that matter. But the fact that Stroud has the fourth highest A dot in the league and he is the number one quarterback in terms of his percentage of passes going at or beyond the first down marker. I mean, these are the opposite of empty stats, man. That's kind of my main point here. And really with him coming back and winning these back-to-back games on the last drive in the fourth quarter, just can't be more impressed about it, man. Actually got it done this week on a week high four drops. I mean, on the season, he's one of only three quarterbacks with receivers who have dropped 20 or more passes. I mean, yes, of course, Tank Dell, you know, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, all these guys have been net positives, but even them, man, let's not pretend like a group that was widely considered one of, if not the worst group of pass catchers in the league is, you know, we misconstrued them as a top five unit. Definitely a lot better than we thought, but like, let's face it, man, CJ Stroud is the tide that is rising. Everyone involved, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, unironically, over the last three weeks, Noah Brown is second in the NFL in receiving yards. CD Lamb is number one, Amari Cooper's number three. Shout out to those like 2021 Cowboys out there, but yeah, Dwayne, we're at the point now where if you're starting in the Houston Texans offense, um, we should probably be starting you in fantasy. Did not think we'd get here by a week 11, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Stroud, I mean, 356 yards today, 470 last weekend. I mean, he's got two other games where he's been over 300. He's averaging 292 yards per game. Like, I mean, that's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had multiple touchdown passes now. now he only had one today, but he also did have a rushing touchdown today. Uh, so, I mean, you've got multiple touchdowns either through passing or rushing. Uh, if he's only had one, two, three games where he hasn't scored multiple touchdowns for you. <laughs> like that's the definition of a stud fantasy quarterback. Like this guy, we had already moved him into the low end QB one part of the conversation. Like now I think you just kind of have to start looking at him. He's kind of like. A Joe Burrow. He's he's not going to run for a ton of yards, but like he can definitely throw for 300 plus yards each game and he's going to give you a shot to, you know, have two or three passing touchdowns. So I mean, I think even on a full slate like where we've got all the quarterbacks, like CJ Stroud, like it's going to be tough to have him any lower than like 9 or 10 and in games in weeks where we've got the bye weeks going, I mean 7 or 8, maybe 6 kind of feels like where we're going to have to have him. And that's the thing, man, because like, all right, let's just go through them. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, even Tua, give them that. But that's probably about the point, man, because I'm not. Yeah, the only other one you can argue like right there. Yeah, you get it. You yeah, you get into a range where it's an argument. That's yeah, that's it. That's the range, though. It's Allen Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar. Those are the only four quarterbacks I'm going to be like every week. Yeah, start them over Stroud. After that, man, it really is up there. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. And then, you know, you were kind of hitting on on the receivers here for this game. So Tank Dell, 98% route participation. We were without Nico Collins today, but we did have the return of Robert Woods, and he was out there for 63%. My one concern with Dell last week, you know, when I moved him, I moved him to um, high-end wide receiver three, but in the utilization report I had mentioned, I want to see a game with Robert Woods and Noah Brown back. This one doesn't technically get the count because mm-hmm. we didn't have Nico Collins, but – Still, the fact that he's getting a 98% route participation today, by far, number one on the team, a 36% freaking target share. Like, this could have been a much bigger game for Tank Dell. And there were several dimes from Stroud that just, I mean, barely missed yeah. with Dell. These were not like, you know, just fake yards, you know, or what do you call them? Uh, uh, prayer yards. 
Yeah. Um, there might have been, you know, some prairie yards in there, but overall, like it was still a really great day, you know, from Tank Dell. 39% of the air yards on the day, 14 targets, six catches, 56 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, he did kind of get ding, but it obviously didn't hurt him much. 98% route participation. He also had a rushing attempt again for like the sixth consecutive game. It went for 13 <laughs> yards. Um, so Noah Brown, like I, this can't continue, but I mean, you just have to give him his props. Like, I mean, he literally catches every target that comes his way. And every, it seems like every target goes for 25 yards. Like So, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what they've done here with Noah Brown, 21% target share. This is a guy that's been really like a 15% targets per route run guy for his entire career. But I think really what you said is the key. Like CJ Stroud is the tide that lifts all ships, right? And Noah Brown is like, he's, he's, he's just floating. He's going higher and higher and higher because, you know, CJ Stroud's just balling out. So, I do think for now, like Noah Brown, we just have to look at him as probably that wide receiver four boom bust kind of guy. I, I I I do get worried he's the kind of guy and as soon as you go just put him in your lineup, you're gonna get four for thirty. Like I, I do worry about that, but I you have to give him credit for what he's done. He's in that vein of the Josh Palmers, Jalen Guytons, like these guys that get to suddenly be in a pass heavy offense with a really good quarterback. They can come through with these kind of games, but it doesn't mean they're gonna do it every week. If you see Stroud doing like a half roll and then all of a sudden resetting his feet in the pocket and it's then going seeing to him look the other way, it's not only going to Noah Brown, Dwayne, but he's going to be wide open. He's going to gain 20 plus on yards. these crossers. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like Stroud hit those all the time at Ohio State, too. But like, my God, those are just money each and every week out there. And again, got to give, you know, Bobby Slowick some credit for obviously, you know, putting the design in place to make all this happen. So you hit the nail on the head in terms of Tank Dell having so much extra opportunity, Dwayne. 140 unrealized air yards. That was the third highest mark on the week. So, yeah, and I'm with you. We're like, no, I don't think any of them were these like egregious misses by Stroud. I don't think there were any like I know Dell did have a drop or two, but he didn't drop like a long bomb or anything like that. But very, very close. And again, just given this passing game, the benefit of the doubt, you give him 10 games with that. I think we're going to see a lot more yards out there. So while that, you know, performance where Tank Dell goes six for 56 and a tud can be, you know, not disappointing, but like, yeah, there's a lot more meat on the bone. Yes, there actually was for one Tank Dell. Final note here, Robert Woods should have had a touchdown in the back of the end zone from three yards out. Amazing play by Stroud to get it there. And again, the fact he is just took that Georgia game from Ohio State and he's like, yeah, by the way, I'm just going to start playing like this every single game of my career uh, from now on. Just incredible. But yeah, apparently Woods earlier in the route did step out of bounds. So Dwayne, if we do, though, because I remember people were laughing a couple of weeks ago and we just proposed the idea that Tank Dell could just not have the every down roll with Noah Brown back in the picture. And I think we've seen, I mean, 172 yards, man, after going for, what, 130 last week? Like, this isn't happening. Like, Brown is obviously doing enough to be consistently involved. I mean, when we do have Tank, Nico, Noah Brown, and also Bobby Trees involved. Yes, I would like for Robert Woods to just completely be out of the picture, but let's not forget before he got hurt, he was number one on this team in targets. I mean, do you look at it as like a Baltimore situation where hopefully Tank Dell is the Zay Flowers of the group or he's the full-time player and everyone else rotates? Like, what do you think this will look like when all four guys are active and ready to go? I think they're going to rotate all four, but I, I do feel confident enough, though, with Dell getting to 98% today that he's still, no matter what, probably going to be around 80 percent and anytime right. we've seen him at 80 percent or better he's basically been money so i think tank dell is going to be fine and they just design so many things for him they move him all over the formation you get the rushing attempts i just he's really the centerpiece of their passing game so i don't think that that's going to change um it'll be tough to uh, 
you know, it's going to be tough to have 36% target shares like he did today when you get Nico back. Cause really Nico's the other top target earner in the offense. Um, so I, I, I think there'll be weeks where we're going to have somebody get left out for sure. Um, I still, if I had to pick today, it's tank Dell and Nico are the top two options in the offense. And then Schultz is third. And then I would say fourth is Noah Brown. Fifth is Robert Woods right now. And guess what, guys? Uh, even if that role is going to reduce just a little bit, when Stratter's on pace to throw for 4,960 yards, uh, should still be plenty of production to go around. Final note here on the Texans, Dwayne, Devin Singletary, 81% snap rate, 30 yeah, carries, two targets converted, all of that into 161 total yards and a touchdown. Looking good along the way. So throughout this season, I mean, Singletary has actually been a little bit better than Pierce because Pierce has been one of the most inefficient running backs in the entire NFL. That said, I'm not so sure this is going to become like a takeover, Dwayne. But man, like I don't even think Damian Pierce was able to return to practice this week. So, you know, we'll have, you know, the injury podcast and the questions podcast later in the week to discuss the possibility of Damian Pierce, you know, rejoining this backfield. And yeah, I can confirm he was a straight list of DMPs again. So going into next week, Dwayne, if we once again have a situation where there's no Damian Pierce out there and we're expecting Singleton to get the lion's share of the carries, I mean, going up against the Arizona Cardinals, Tough to uh, <laughs> tough to imagine putting him lower than what RB fifteen or something. I mean, this is elite yeah. RB one stuff right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is an elite workload. I mean, thirty carries for one hundred fifty yards and a touchdown today. And you know, and he wasn't. It wasn't just all volume. Seventeen percent of his carries went for ten plus yards today. Yeah. So like, you know, Devin Singletary had a legit good game, and we've talked about this guy in the past how he honestly was a little bit underrated. He's never turned into this superstar running back, but a lot of his peripherals are pretty strong. He creates a lot of missed tackles, has more explosive carries than what people give him credit for. He's not great in the passing game, but he's a pretty good running back. Like I would say he's an above average running back. So we'll see what happens with Damian Pierce, but I think Singletary might be playing well enough at this point in that maybe he just keeps it more like what it was early in the year when it was Pierce, like 60, 65%, and then Pierce, I mean, and then Singletary getting the rest. I think there's a chance that Singletary is forced, uh, you know, maybe a split more like that once we see Pierce back. But we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, if we don't have Pierce next week, mid-range, running back two with running back one upside. It was funny because in DFS today, I kind of thought everybody would fade Singletary because last week he dudded. Uh, yeah. But he was only 4,700. And I was like, I can't pass up. <laughs> if no one's going to play this, a $4,700 running back, you know, on a guy that's probably going to get 80 to 90% of the rushing attempts. So that worked out pretty good. Um, but yeah, like he's, he's, he's never going to be a guy that like, we're just super excited. Oh my God. Like this is a running back one, but in this offense right now. Yeah. I think mid range running back two is pretty fair on the Bengals side of the ball, almost pulled it out there in the end after Burrow threw two fourth quarter interceptions that looked like they were going to seal the game. Stroud's low mistake of the game was this horrific fourth quarter INT that kept it as close as it was, but winners write the history books, so we won't harp on that. But yeah, with Burrow, again, not trying to make out like he was horrible by any stretch, because I mean, the two touchdowns he threw were absolutely incredible. The dime to Trenton Irwin in the corner of the end zone, then the deep rollout ball of Jamar Chase. Absolutely spectacular stuff. So, great stuff from Burrow. Burrow obviously not going to let this performance worry us too much, especially knowing it did come without T. Higgins against a Texan secondary that has been a bit of an underrated group this season as a whole. Joe Mixon doing his usual inefficient, dominating volume stuff, scored a touchdown, so you're not feeling too bad about it. I think the main discussion, Dwayne, comes down to these wide receivers and maybe even tight ends if you saw anything special out there. Most notably, Trenton Irwin stepping into an every-down role that produced that aforementioned touchdown and probably should have had another one out there, man. Burrow actually missed him 
him for what sure looked like it could have been a second four-yard touchdown. So I will note that Andre Yosivosh, I think I actually got it. I checked the pronunciation, so chill the hell out if I mess it up, everyone. But with him getting banged up a little bit, Dwayne, did that impact anything? Or are we looking at Trent Irwin as just a guy that whenever any of Chase, Boyd, or Higgins miss time, just throw that dude into the you know upside wide receiver four conversation and ask questions later? Yeah, I mean, wide receiver four or five, something like that. I mean, only a 10% target share today. He did – the other pass was a touchdown that Burrow missed him on. Like, he was wide open and, you know, running that, that flat route. Um, so, that you don't see Burrow typically miss that ball. But no. the first touchdown was basically kind of a – you know, not a full-blown coverage, but definitely Texans didn't run the coverage the way that they were supposed to. A cover it was kind shot? of – it was – yeah, it was the turkey. It was the turkey whole thing. But the, I mean, the safety didn't get over the top at all to, to even yeah. have a chance to stop it. But um, yeah, Irwin's fine. Like I'm not gonna get, get too excited about it. Tyler Boyd had a huge boost today, 31% target share with Jamar Chase, come, you know, playing through the the bad back. And to your point, having T Higgins out of the lineup. So I, I still think mostly you're just looking at Chase. You're looking at Higgins. Tyler Boyd, if one of those other two are out, then Ir- I would probably say Irwin's more of a wide receiver five, not even a wide receiver four. Fair enough. Dwayne wants to ruin our fun with Trenton Irwin today. All right, you can take your, you know, smart. <laughs> hey, man, he caught he caught a touchdown, you know? So, I mean, what are you going to say? Like, the, the dude makes plays. It was um, nice. Just doesn't get a ton of targets. You know, who did not drop a touchdown, who did not catch a touchdown was Tyler Boyd because he dropped one 13 yarder at the end of the game that would have given the Bengals, yeah. you know, a bigger lead, not necessarily the end all be all lead because the Texans had a chance to drive down. But yeah, it would have been a lot cooler if he caught that one. All right, guys, Vikings took down the Saints 27 to 19, obviously covering as three point dogs, the overcashed here at 40 and a half. So Saints are going to be on by. The Vikings are going to keep living in the Joshua Dobbs era, baby. And we even got Justin Jeff. Jefferson excited now. Dwayne actually went to Twitter and said himself, I cannot wait to get on the field with this team again with some, you know, choice emojis, Dwayne. I think Justin Jefferson could be back this week based on everything I know about emoji translation uh, in this (laughs) world as, you know, just another basic millennial out here. But yeah, man, just again, what Dobbs is doing on the ground in particular is incredible because there are some good throws. Don't get me wrong. There have been some good throws all year. I mean, we were giving this dude credit, you know, week two, week three, some of the stuff he was doing with those Cardinals teams, making games more competitive than that any business doing. But out there today, man, another 44 yards and a touchdown. Dobbs with the Vikings now has two rushing touchdowns, and I believe the rest of the Vikings combined also have just two. And you look up, Dwayne, and only Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards than Dobbs this season. And hell, man, he looks good doing it. Like he's breaking tackles with it. He's erasing angles like the astronaut out here. We need to start getting, you know, some sort of other NASA nickname. But this dude's rushing upside because that's been the most, you know, crazy part. So he's doing this, man. And he's been doing this with all due respect, you know, the Trey McBride's and Marquise Browns of the world. Like he hasn't been these loaded offenses, but guess what? He's about to be here soon if Justin Jefferson can finally get back. So I know with Dobbs, man, like we maybe haven't given him like just the full benefit of the doubt and kind of looking at his numbers and what they could be in fantasy land, Dwayne, because let's face it, you know, we haven't known when Kyler's going to be back. And then all of a sudden he gets traded in Minnesota. Haven't had a lot of time to even think about this stuff going on. But the way Dobbs is playing, man, with Jefferson returning, like, He's climbing up that upside two conversation, upside QB two conversation. Yeah, and the way that the Vikings are using him, the uh, in the style of play where they're using a lot of play action, these rolls, these boots, it's encouraging him to scramble and run even more. Like so, his high for scrambles on the season, week four with the Cardinals, he had five. Before that, he had zero, one, one, zero, three, one, two. The first two games with the Vikings and the 
um, he's had five and six. So he's yeah. he's running the ball more. Um, he's getting a little bit of the design run game, not a ton, but it's nice to see him scrambling a little bit more. And you mentioned it, like he's going to have these better weapons. But I mean, what else do we say? The last three games, fantasy points, 23, 25, 25. Like, I'm, dude's scoring fantasy points. So I, I think he's a borderline QB1. And that's just the way that we have to treat him. And you mentioned now you're going to get Justin Jefferson back. Um, yeah, if you have Josh, it's so funny, like Josh Dobbs right now, like helping you offset like guys that have Jalen Hurts and stuff like that. Who, who would have thought like that would be where we're at? And I'm looking at the next two games, Dwayne. He's got he gets the Broncos and the Bears Holy before yeah. the week 13 bye. Josh Dobbs, QB one season in this economy. I think maybe. it is. Yeah, he's got we're gonna rank him as a QB one against the Broncos. Yep, that's that's gonna happen. That's gonna <laughs> and happen. The Bears. And Those the Bears. are both terrible. Those Especially with, with Jefferson the back, it becomes a slam dunk. The Bears have gotten healthier in the secondary. They've gotten a little better, but yeah, yeah. Broncos too, but these are still good matchups. You know what I'm they saying? They are. Yeah, they're plus matchups for sure. TJ Hawkinson had 10 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Someone should be freaking limited out there. So clearly he was playing <laughs> through the pain. I mean, you saw him hobble several times after uh, he got hit hits, hard so. multiple times too. Yeah, he kept playing, just kept playing. Then he scores a touchdown. All of a sudden he's not hobbling at all around there. Funny how uh, <laughs> that, you know, Jack shot of endorphin will work there, but yeah, man. So again, fully expecting him to be limited throughout this week again with that rib injury, but kudos to Hawkins for being a warrior and making so many great plays out there. So Alexander Madison did unfortunately have to leave this one early with a concussion and a Accordingly, Dwayne, we saw Ty Chandler take over. Kenny Nawangnu barely involved behind Ty Chandler. So, hey, it's an offense that we've seen, you know, over the years. I mean, obviously, that was different coaches. But Madison before him, Dalvin Cook, you know, these guys have gotten workhorse roles when called upon. And the fact that Chandler was dominating that far ahead of Nawangnu when Madison was out, I mean, I'm not saying it's a situation where we can just assume Ty Chandler would have, you know, this just, you know, every down workload, Dwayne. So maybe it'd be more of a situation like Singletary where we go, low-end borderline RB2 for a week until we know for sure. But Todd Chandler's going to be on a lot of waiver wire radars, even if it is just for this one-week filling. Well, I mean, in the fourth quarter, Chandler had 75% of the snaps, 70% of the rushing attempts, 67% route participation. So, yeah, uh, you're going to be playing in a good offense. You've got some good matchups coming up. Um, Ty Chandler will be a running back, too, if we do not have uh, you know, Alexander Madison available. We've seen a couple of these guys here over the last couple of weeks. Suddenly, Brock Purdy clears you know, concussion protocol yeah. after he, you know, shows up on a report on a freaking Monday and somehow <laughs> still gets to play on a Sunday. And now these like KJ Osborne cleared protocol. They didn't play him today. Yeah. Um. So there's, I don't know, maybe we see a different trend. I know up until a couple of weeks ago with the Purdy thing, we hadn't seen any guys that got a concussion on Sunday return to play the next Sunday, but uh, seems like maybe teams are, might be changing a little. So we'll have to see what happens with Madison. That is weird, man, because like, all right, Osborne clears the concussion protocol, but literally from rap sheet, like a coach's decision placed based on player safety to still not play him. So we now have coaches saying the concussion protocol isn't like safe enough with this. Like this whole thing is just wild. So yeah, I'm I'm happy he didn't play. I thought a week was, you know, too quick as well. But that just whole the whole reasoning's always been kind of wild with this new look concussion protocol. But I would say honestly, based on that example right there, Dwayne, probably not gonna get Madison back this week. We'll see what happens. But again, just based on O'Connell, yeah. literally. My guess on that, like my guess on that is the player wasn't able to practice practice enough to be fully integrated into the game plan and what they want to do. And you're really changing things up a little because you've got a new quarterback. So the things that you would maybe if Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback, 
they may think KJ Osborne knows enough to go ahead and get out there despite not practicing, you know, during the week fully. Um, so I, that, that would be my biggest guess probably had something more to do with the game plan and not thinking yeah. he'd be ready. Fair enough. On the other sideline, we do have New Orleans Saints. Again, mentioned they are going to have a week 11 bye and much needed because Derek Carr had to leave yeah. this one early with a shoulder slash concussion injury. So Nick Underhill did report that he is believed to have avoided major shoulder surgery. This is the second time this year. Again, we've had that close call. And Ian Rapport even added that hopefully he'll be able to return after the bye, which again is nicely timed here coming right up. Also, Michael Thomas, who got ruled out with a knee injury. So hopefully can't guard Mike is going to be better. Very eventful weekend uh, there for Michael Thomas um, out there. Keep those bricks tight, man. No need to be throwing bricks around uh, no matter what's going on over there. But yeah, Dwayne, so I know these injuries are going to you know change a lot of kind of what we're thinking about this team in week 12 and beyond. But for at least you know two beautiful quarters, we got to just bask in the Jameis Winston experience. And my God, like just, just getting this game and seeing what Alave really can do when he has a quarterback that he just doesn't have like all-time worst chemistry with. I mean, just the car Alave chemistry this entire season, man, has been so weird from just how they're acting even after the misfires to just, you know, Alave making some easy drops sometimes and Carr missing wide open. I had not seen anything like it, but man, Jameis comes in, immediately starts featuring Alave, who makes a ridiculous touchdown catch in the corner and ends yeah, up, you know, great. going for 94 yards in the tud after having absolutely nothing going for him in the first, you know, 35 minutes or so of that game. So went back and I looked at the actual target tree and sure enough with Jameis under center, there's Alave with the team high nine targets. And then in second place was Alvin Kamara and Rashid Shahid all the way down there at four. So, you know, guess what? Dwayne Chris Alave still found a way to lead the week in unrealized air yards. So, uh, yeah, always still some more uh, meat on the bone there for Alave. But when it comes with some real shit as well, man, we'll take that. Hell yeah, Jameis. <laughs> yeah, Alave had a 35% target share whenever you had Winston on the field. <laughs> he had a 24.7 ADOT. Let's go higher, 52, more. 52, 52%, 52% uh, of the air yards. Uh, you did have Michael Thomas with a knee injury. He was out, so you had A.T. Perry. Uh, he did had you see the touchdown to Perry? Share. Yeah, yeah. That was um, the most Jameis throw I've ever seen. Yeah, Jameis was on. It was full Jameis. It was full Jameis today. Uh, Rashid Shahid, 92% uh, route participation once Jameis was in the game. Again, Michael Thomas, knee injury. We'll have to wait and see what the – diagnosis on that is but 17 percent target share for shahid alvin Kamara, 17 percent target share with Jameis winston on the field Taysom hill even had some had, had two targets from Jameis. so Jameis was he was getting everybody involved but alave was definitely the man looking at there's any michael thomas updates just him retweeting something about slit field turf so we're gonna have that conversation again so that sucks to see uh but yeah at perry would presumably be the next guy up for now again though by week we have plenty of time to figure out exactly what else will go be going on in new orleans Steelers took down the Packers 23 to 19, covering as three point favorites. The over did cash at a lowly 38 and a half. So the Steelers now at six and three have been outgained in yardage every single time out this year, but they just keep on winning because it's Mike Tomlin. He doesn't know anything other to do. So, Dwayne, we've come here and, you know, I remember like week six or something being very clear like, okay, yes. Jalen Warren's playing well, but like it wasn't like he was blowing Najee Harris out of the water. And, you know, we were trying to give Najee some love for that. As much as we both, and especially me, drafted Jalen Warren every chance I got, would have loved to sat here and say, you know, Jalen Warren's is so much better than Najee. Not what the film said, not what the data says. So we didn't say that. 
starting to change a bit, though, Dwayne. It's not even, again, that much of a slight at Najee. It's that Jalen Warren is starting to play like one of the best running backs in the NFL. Among all backs with at least 50 carries this year, my man's is fifth in yards per carry, seventh in yards after contact per carry, and number freaking one in both missed tackles for us per carry and explosive run play rate, man. So Najee's getting his two, but man, like just – the, when I drafted, you know, Jalen Warren, I didn't really envision a world where Najee was going to completely leave the picture without getting injured, man. I was hopeful for, you know, that maybe flex would benefits role at some point. But to me, it was more like this is like our screaming number one handcuff above all else. God forbid something does happen to Najee. I mean, I think after this performance, man, Jalen's going to be knocking on that top 24 door. And the fact that he's gotten that done with Najee healthy, man, one hell of a running back the Steelers got right there. Yeah, I mean, it's a 50-50 split. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Najee was still fine today, but 33% of Jalen Warren's carries went for 10-plus yards today. Like, I mean, this is just a guy that you mentioned it. Like, this, despite not having the full-time role, he's still right there with that running, that top 24 performances. So, I mean, over the last, pretty much every week, he gives you at least 10 points, Ian. Here are his fantasy points this year. 7, 13, 8, 12, 11, 10, 9, or sorry, 8. 14 and 19. This was definitely a season high. Um, this was this tied a season high for snaps today, 51.7%. Tied a team high for it was a season high in rushing attempts. He had 42% today. Uh, he had 38% the week before. And then look, just looking at his route participation, this was also a season high, 50%. But he's been close to that before. He's had 47, 47, 47, 45, but a slightly larger role for, you know, Mr. Warren today. So who knows? Maybe he can just take the slight lead in the backfield. He's de he's definitely the better back. Like yeah. there's just no reason and really, you know, arguing about it anymore. And I again, think, people. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I mean, the door is open. We don't know what's going to happen here. My guess is this can remains a split backfield. Uh, but yeah, Warren is playing well enough, Ian, that I I'm going to keep him in the RB three range because still, I mean, like you'd like to see a, some more games. I mean, he's been usable every week, but it's more yeah. kind of like what we've seen in the past from like an Antonio Gibson versus, I hate to say that, like Jalen Warren's better than Anto Antonio yeah, Gibson, but really you know is. what I mean. You know he's, what I mean? He's looking, man, like with these numbers, like a middle-class man's millennial Austin Eckler. I'm not going to say He's looking like Austin what we hoped Tony Pollard would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, he gets, if he were in a full-time role here uh he'd be he would be scoring over 20 fantasy points per game like and, i'm pretty certain of that and that's even with a crappy quarterback yeah and just to be clear i know there's some steeler fans saying well Najee probably faces way more defenders in the box so we can check these things in 2023 and it's simply not true per next gen stats Najee has faced eight plus defenders in the box on 15.5 percent of his rush attempts jalen is down there just at 12.7 percent. so yeah a little bit more for Najee, but we're probably talking a, a legit like five total carries throughout the season Speaking of that uh, not-so-great quarterback, Dwayne, Kenny Pickett has started 22 NFL games, and how many of those games do you think he has thrown at least two touchdowns, Dwayne? Uh, how many games has he started? 22? 22 two. career starts. Yeah, Give me you're two. wrong. One. One, One. freaking game with uh, <laughs> I was, two I was, Yeah, I was, I was over by 100%. Wow. 
And like when I'm asking you that, like you know it's low. So like the fact you were still off on that just goes to show you. So yeah, that sucks, and that's why uh, you know we can have games like this where neither George Pickens nor Deontay Johnson managed to do anything. No one manages to do anything because no one had even more than four freaking targets out there. So it sucks. You know, we did see Deontay, you know, draw a couple long pass interference penalties, and he did, of course, in a typical Deontay performance, also have a 20-yard chunk gain go off his hands. That would have been a lot cooler if he caught it. But hey, Dwayne, I mean, coming in this week over the past three weeks and a little bit of bye week fuckery going on there, but not a ton. Deontay was the overall wide receiver six in PPR points. So, you know, I probably got a little overzealous putting him in the top 15 or so. I got excited, man. All right. I drafted a lot of Deontay. So hand up. That was on me, but it's not going to let this performance, you know, override what's still been a very good return from injury for Deontay. Still very much someone with bye weeks going on. I think we have a hard time keeping out of the top 24. Yeah, I look. I, I moved Deontay to borderline wide receiver two last week. I'm still going to keep him there. I mean, this is the issue. The issue is this quarterback. Yeah. I mean, right now we've got a quarterback that, like you said, has 22 career starts. Now I haven't, he's, he's had some games where, you know, he only played 15% of the snaps and stuff. So I haven't filtered that out, but even if I took those games out, it's not going to be much better than this, but right now averaging 183 yards per game. That's terrible. <laughs> 183 passing yards per game for your career. Like that's really bad. Yeah. That, that that's, that's not good. So I, I just, I think at this point, we just kind of have to say that it is what it is. Like you're hoping that Pickett can throw for 225 yards in a game. And you're rarely going to get more than that. Like you're, you're just hoping he can get to that so that, Hey, if Deontay can get half of that, you know, 30, 40% of that, he gives you a chance to have 70 yards and you're hoping that he catches the one touchdown that Kenny Pickett throws in the game. So it's even though Deontay's really great, it, it's it's tough because Pickett is so bad. And because George Pickens is also good. I know Pickens hasn't done a lot in the last couple of games either, but uh those two were tied in targets today, Pickens and Deontay Johnson. So yeah, it's 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 pretty gross because of Kenny Pickett. On the other side of the ball, only 19 points for the Packers. But Jordan Love, man, if this wasn't his best performance of the year, it was very much up there. So I know he had the two interceptions, but one of those is at the end, just like last second, trying to make something happen. And early results from PFF, Dwayne, I think reflect the reality of what we saw out there. Sixth highest pass grade on the week and five big-time throws tied with Joe Burrow and only trailing Dak on the week. And that really was the impressive part. And it's really been the story of this year. And I think it's why Packers fans deserve to kind of remain optimistic about love because there really aren't many throws on the field that this dude isn't capable of making he's athletic enough to get outside the pocket he can throw from those weird arm angles like you've People like just didn't. I probably listened to the whole scouting report in past years when people have talked about, you know, the Mahomes that's nature to Jordan Love. And it does sound ridiculous to, you know, put those two names in the same sentence. But just in terms of, you know, that Zach Wilson flair, which I know we're going all over the place now with this, but a quarterback having the arm talent and athleticism necessary to really stress defenses on every square inch of the field. I think we've seen that with other guys like Josh Allen have those, you know, just physical attributes well enough that we can see them at times be a bit more of a thorn in the side of defenses even before the rest of the stuff comes along so Dwayne as you pointed out though you know we have seen a lot of quarterbacks over the years flash and have the big arms but not figure out the little things and again with Jordan Love as great as everything was we're still seeing him go only 21 for 40 here so facing TJ Watt in the Steelers defense I mean this was no easy feat no Mika Fitzpatrick I get it but really man just for me very impressive game with some of the big time throws he made I cannot wait to clip some of them 
come up in the all 22. Is this a big changing of the guard moving forward? Probably not because he's kind of been doing a lot of this this year. But at a minimum, man, good to see that guys like Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and maybe even one day Christian Watson can have some booms in this Packers offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jordan Love's still the same guy he was last week. He, he's just a roller coaster, man. Like, yeah. it, it just depends on which passes he happens to be accurate on. Or are, are they the big ones that are going to give him the big plays in the game? Um, and that's kind of the way it worked out today. But I mean, a 53% completion rate, like this is just, this is who we've seen. It's, there is some ceiling at least like, so, you know, there's a chance for a spike week. Um, but there's also a chance that like, he's not even going to throw for 200 yards. Um, yeah. so I, I, if I had Jordan love and somebody suddenly was excited about him because of this game in a dynasty league, I would be trying to sell. I mean, I do think you're correct though. Like there are the raw traits are there, but yeah. this is also a guy that's been in the league for five years. That's you know, the other problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or this is this year four or five for him. This is year four, right? Year four. He's been in this offense like those. Yeah, the easy so things should that, be a lot easier than they have. Exactly. The so even though he hasn't played, I don't think suddenly a light switch is coming on and he turns into a sixty-five percent completion percentage player. Maybe he will. I hope he does. Hope he proves us all wrong. But uh, I, I don't. I don't really want any part of the Jordan Love experience. And I think the Packers need to be ready to find their next quarterback if they want to. Uh, you know, get back to their winning ways. I think Jordan Love is going to be a guy that even even if you've got him surrounded with really good talent, which I think they have some pretty good receivers right now. Like Jaden Reed did some nice stuff again today, but I just mm, I have I have a hard time getting behind the Jordan Love experience. We do have a pretty enticing matchup next week against those Chargers, Dwayne. You mentioned these receivers, both Reed, who had a fantastic, just a beautiful ball from Love on that touchdown. Just a really good game overall. Helping out my, uh, you know, 32-team fantasy squad each and every week. Appreciate you, Jaden. But Jaden had a nice game. Romeo Dobbs caught a touchdown, but we're just still waiting on Christian Watson, man. So good to see him out there, you know, after having the head, back, and, you know, chest injuries all in one freaking game last week. So happy to see Watson healthy. But going into this game next week, Man, like how many more performances or have we reached the point where romeo dobbs is the number one receiver in green bay and honestly the difference between reed and watson probably shouldn't be that high I, i'm not saying like dobbs all of a sudden becomes this top 30 guy we need to start but all three package receivers like what probably just kind of between that like wide receiver 35 and 50 range yeah i mean watson out targeted him again today i mean he had seven tar he was out he out targeted dobbs he out targeted Jaden reed now Jaden reed Jaden Reed was only out there for 57% of the routes. Like this was a guy that early in the season was getting, you know, 70, 75%. They're not doing that anymore. Like, uh, but they ran a lot of two tight end stuff, you know, today. So there's always the possibility of that, you know, in a LaFleur offense. But yeah, like Watson, it's a comedy of errors too. Like, did you see the the pass to him in the end zone? He tips it up, it gets picked. It, it feels <laughs> like he's always waiting on a pass interference call, complaining to the refs. Like he's really... He's starting to get on my nerves at this point. <laughs> like just watching him, he's kind of seems, you know, I don't want to call anybody a baby. Like he's an NFL right. player. He's out there doing his thing, but just it's one thing after another, you know? So it's a, it's a struggle. He, you know, had a 19% target share today. That was not great. It was the best on the team. Um, he had 26% of the air yards. That was the best on the team, but he's just not able to convert, convert many of these things into, you know, big plays i'm looking for catchable targets today i don't have it in front of me though I'm, I'm guessing that like these two him and jordan love just honestly like they've also not been able to get on the same page and when That's your quarterback can only carl lave type of situation yeah when your quarterback can only complete 53 percent of their passes and you're also the guy that's typically going to be getting the deeper shots down the field wasn't as much the case today that can lead to uh you know obviously can lead to some challenges 
Shout out to Peter Bukowski, uh, Locked On Packers. He's done a lot of good uh, film stuff on Love and Watson. He kind of echoes a similar point you made, Dwayne, where, no, we're not calling any of these guys soft or anything. But when you do start going through Watson's film, like, I'm not saying every single deep ball from Jordan Love has just been a dime that's gone right through his hands. But really, really seeing a lack of, like, just contested catch winning ability that I know can fluctuate, you know, week to week and year over year and everything. But for someone that you do want to be, like, the alpha number one wide receiver in Green Bay, yeah, Dwayne, you would have liked to see at least one game at this point where it looks like he's separating himself from Dobbs or Jaden Reed. Just really haven't quite seen that. So final point, Aaron Jones continuing to be the lead 1A to A.J. Dillon's 1B. Just wasn't able to get too much going with his usage, but still very much in that upside RB2 conversation. Right, Dwayne? Nothing changing here with uh, A. Aaron? Yep. It's just what we saw last week. He is the lead. He's the 1A to the 1B. Yep. You got it. We can move forward. Fantastic. And with that, we had the Buccaneers take down the Titans 22-6. Buccaneers covered by two and a half, you know, point spread under cash here at 39. So as we say every single time after the fourth Buccaneers win, Buccaneers country, let's bake, baby. Baker went out there through two touchdowns. Could have, should have, would have had three. First, he had Mike Evans open for what should have been a 51-yard score, under throws him. Mike makes the catch for 43 yards. Then Baker goes right back to him for what should have been a seven-yard slant touchdown. Bad drop by Evans. So Baker's missed Mike a couple times this year, but honestly, he's missed Godwin more than anyone. Evans is the one that's had a couple just inexplicable drops. So, hey, all that said, guys, we're still talking about Mike Evans coming off a buck 43 and a touchdown. He is now on pace this year for 1,392 yards and 11 scores. So, yeah, man, I know he's been really the only constant in this offense. We've been hoping for Chris Godwin to catch up. Today it was not that day, but we did hear before the game, Dwayne, that Godwin was dealing with an with an illness so did that end up co coming out in the snap counts and just really ruining any chance of him having a big game no there wasn't anything that i could see now it could have been affecting performance i mean he had a 21 percent sure. target share 88 percent route participation which was slightly better than mike evans at 85 percent. so no i think we could pretty much there's there's nothing really to add from a utilization perspective on the bucks offense okay. that you can hit the rest the rest of what broke of you know the performances from today but nothing changed from a utilization perspective really with any of these guys yeah, all I got is just shout out Rashad White, typical RB1 role, and continues to do a lot of great things catching the ball. Took a screen today, 43 yards to the house. And at this point, man, I mean, Christian McCaffrey has 339 receiving yards, and in second place is, place is Rashad White at 326. Alvin Kamara is the only other running back over 300. So he's eighth in yards per out run, fourth in yards after, you know, fourth in yards per reception. And Johnny Menzel meme, zero drops for Rashad White on the season. So, you know, again, the going has been tough on the ground, but he is really making it go for his fantasy managers through the air. And I I think accordingly probably just ripped off his four straight top 12 finish. So someone that continues to climb the ranks and you're feeling pretty damn good about Rashad white. If you were able to land him back, you know, in August in round seven or round eight over on the Tennessee side of things, only six points in this one. And there was another down day for will Levis hopeful. So try as hardest to get Deandre Hopkins, to football 158 unrealized air yards on the week. Only Chris Olave had more. And I wouldn't be surprised when, if we start do seeing Hopkins on this leaderboard weekend and we week out because through just a few games of action right now will levis is number one in the nfl with an 11 and a half yard average target depth so Tannehill's number two like it's certainly like a factor of this titans offense where when they do throw the ball they want to throw it deep so i don't want to be too critical about levis you know having the league's third worst completion rate or you know having the second most turnover worthy plays over these last three weeks but all this to say Dwayne. 
really with Levis. We saw that nice boom a couple weeks ago, and that's great that we know it's out there, but still figures to be a very volatile offense week to week moving forward, which sucks because I was hoping that we'd have a bit more consistency here. And this really was a layup of a matchup against the defense that we saw get eviscerated by Stroud and company last week. And I know the Titans aren't the Texans, but man, and then you take out some starting quarterbacks of the equation in Tampa Bay. This offense had no business scoring only six points this week. Yeah, but I'm still encouraged for Hopkins, like versus where we were. I mean, yeah. he's, he's getting the targets. We know there's the chances for the big plays. Is there going to be a little bit, you know, there's going to be a boom bust to his nature. Yeah, there is. But at least we know the booms could be there. So I, I, I still feel pretty good about Hopkins. He's in that wide receiver three, you know, range. Like if, if we could get some more consistency from Will Levis, he would be in the wide receiver two mix. I mean, he had eight targets a day, three catches, only 27 yards, led the team with a 21% target share. Um, but again, you mentioned the air yards. 38% of the team's air yards went through DeAndre Hopkins. He had a 20.9 average depth of target. So some weeks that turns into, uh, you know, 100 yards and three touchdowns. Some weeks that turns into three catches for 27 yards. But at least you know that you could still have the week where, you know, you get 100 yards and a touchdown. We know catching three touchdowns isn't always, isn't going to be, isn't very reasonable. But I, I still feel like DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that we know he could easily end up in the 100 yards plus a touchdown conversation in any given week as long as Will Levis is under center. Um, obviously, there's there's bust potential. Best play from Hopkins actually came while playing defense back out there on offense. I couldn't <laughs> exactly tell if it was a drop touchdown. Uh, Chicky Oconqua might have let it get dropped from 10 yards out, but it might have also been deflected. We'll watch the film tomorrow and find out for sure. But yeah, Hopkins broke it up. And then, Dwayne, do you know the celebration when the cornerbacks go like this? Yeah, what are they doing? Putting a like unsheathing a saber or like that's like, what I thought it was at first, but no, it's the seatbelt celebration. We're trying to encourage the youth uh, to put their seatbelts on. Oh. And DeAndre Hopkins did that after getting the uh, PBU. So I've seen him and George Kittle do it this year. Uh, shout out for them, you know, just having the wherewithal during the middle of an NFL game. I really thought it was a sword. joke. I know I thought it was like putting the sword back in the sheath, uh, sheath <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, no, seatbelt. The more you know out there, everyone. All right, guys, 49ers massacred the Jaguars 34-3, covering as three-point faves. The under did cash at 44.5. So, yeah, everyone in San Francisco scored except Christian McCaffrey. I believe 17-game uh. streak fails to go to an NFL record 18. So, sorry, CMC fantasy managers. Only had those 142 yards and six catches out there. What were you guys? And wasn't he do? on the verge of a big record if he got a touchdown this week? I think it would have been an NFL record 18 straight games yeah. and lord you know lord knows kyle shanahan tried because at the end of this game up 34 to 3 under six minutes left they designed not one not two not three not four five straight opportunities to get the touchdown streak extended but it just did not happen so yeah man do you have anything here on san francisco Dwayne? we did have debo back in the picture also had trent williams back in the picture so no surprise to see this 49ers offense really get back to looking like the squad we saw in the first five weeks of the season as opposed to that you know three game losing streak where they couldn't even crack 17 points uh nothing on on the the pass catchers or you know McCaffrey it's all pretty much you know what we've been used to at this point cool but the thing with Purdy is like this efficiency and everything just continues and it's not yeah. like Purdy's getting a ton of you know dropbacks in every game but I mean when we're looking at what this guy's doing every week passing yards and we'll just start at the beginning of the year 220 206 but since then 
310, 283, 252. He had that real dud against Cleveland. Look, it can happen. 125 yards, but 272, 365, 296. He's thrown two or more touchdowns in one, two, three, four of his games. He's obviously had some games where he only gives you one passing touchdown, but he's he's mixed in a rushing touchdown as well. So Purdy's just another one of these guys that really is in that borderline, you know, QB one conversation. Um, you know, really the, you know, we've talked about it a few times. He's kind of like Tua. You know, he's like he's yeah. the a little less sexy version of of what we have with Tua. They don't get quite as many long touchdown plays as what we see from the guys in Miami, but Brock Purdy, man, like this guy, you know, he gives you a chance every week for 300 yards and three passing touchdowns. You just also know that like this team likes to run the ball. They've got a defense that we thought would be better than it, better than it is. And today was a nice step coming off the bye. Like the, the defense played really well. So maybe they're kind of getting back to, to being what we're used to. But when you have so many weapons, it's just even if you're not throwing it a ton, there's just always this opportunity to throw multiple touchdowns and Purdy's coming through for fantasy managers. And that's kind of like their defensive line at this point, man. You add Chase Young, like, okay, let's just get this other former number two yeah. overall pick here and, you know, just see what happens. See if you can just go out there and be okay, Chase. And, oh, yeah, there's Javon Hargrave, another guy that didn't necessarily need, but they just decided to add in the offseason. Just absolutely loaded and really made life difficult for Trevor Lawrence and all the Jaguars all afternoon long. But, yeah, man, when the 49ers offense has all these weapons, they might very well be the single best unit in the league, especially considering that they've done this against the Cowboys and Jaguars man like two defenses particularly the Cowboys that we do consider to be objectively good unlike you know some of the struggles the Dolphins have had you know against top tier competition but just in now these six games where they've had you know healthy Debo and Trent alongside the rest of them I mean we're talking about an EPA per play mark that would just absolutely massacre the Bills current number one mark and they'd also be first in scoring drive percentage so 6.5 yards per play guys pretty 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 good also, if you had San Francisco scooping or defense and special teams, they should have had a scoop and score touchdown, but their sideline ran onto the field early to celebrate, and that unfortunately got nullified. So last sheesh over there for San Fran. On the Jacksonville side of things, you know, disappointing, Dwayne, to see them come out of their bye and really put forward this dud of a performance. That said, obviously, against Nick Bosa and company, we have seen great offenses, again, uh, just not be able to get the job done job done against uh, this very good 49ers defense. So overall, I mean, yeah, would have been a lot cooler if we saw a boom from Trevor Lawrence, considering it really has been, uh, you know, a lackluster season from him in fantasy land. But in terms of just, you know, throwing, you know, taking too much out of his performance, Dwayne, uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, would have been a lot cooler if we uh, saw some fireworks because it wasn't very pretty for anyone out there. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm sorry, though. Like, at this point, do we just say Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. If the, I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is any good. I really don't know that. But Dwayne, I mean, he had to hang out with Urban Meyer like three years ago. <laughs> I know. It's just like, I mean, we've just been talking pretty highly about a lot of these quarterbacks. And Trevor Lawrence, like right now, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like looking at his per game stuff, it's not good. He's averaging 236 yards per game right now, 7.1 yards per attempt. That's below the league average. Passing touchdowns, one per game. I mean, he's and he's got weapons. If you did He's the player, Ray, Ridley, if you did Christian the blind Kirk. resume thing with Trevor Lawrence, like people will be shocked at how bad he's doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and fantasy points are terrible, dude. 17, 9, 14, 17, 16, 15, 18, 15, 2. Is that for real? He had two fantasy points today? Yeah, not great. <laughs> Jesus. Like, is that, that can't be right. Yeah, two picks right. and he lost a fumble. He threw for 185 oh yards. 
Jesus, yeah. Trevor Nothing on the ground, man. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Like I, I, you know, yeah. This first pick overall look like I, whatever. Like, I'm not holding that over you anymore. But this is just this is this is ridiculous. He, he has did, the weapons. I, I, yeah. I think you just have. We have to call this what it is. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is very good. He has these games. Like I remember last year against the Cowboys and the Titans game, and obviously yeah, yeah, he was great against that. Dallas last year. He and Zay Jones torched the Cowboys last yeah, year. Yeah, and then even second half of that Chargers game. I mean, I mean, he has moments where he looks, you know, every bit the star. You know, as uh, Nick Rice said, you know, he looks every bit the prince who was promised to us uh, back in the day. But <laughs> man, like again, even last, like we talked about in the offseason, Dwayne, like didn't love the fact that he was trailing to, you know, I guess in hindsight it looks better trailing to the Joshua Dobbs led titans at home in week 18 last year but like hasn't been all pretty for lawrence and i mean at this point in the year now only two games with at least two passing touchdowns this year he still hasn't gotten the three one performance with over 300 yards not good man in an offense that's not like we're like oh can we get some more weapons for trevor lawrence like that's not a problem here Dwayne. yeah and honestly some of this has to go to doug peterson like people love doug peterson and i don't know why i, I do not like i don't think doug peterson's a great coach like I, i'm not just talking about like the game you know, management stuff, but just the way that they set their offense up, they don't, I don't feel like they use enough motion. It's a pretty stagnant offense. He's not doing a lot of extra things that he could really be doing, in my opinion, to be helping Trevor Lawrence out. But Hey, like whatever it's uh, I feel like there's the Jaguars are one of these teams where I feel like even though they've won, what is it? Six games now yeah. they're six and three. They don't feel like a six and three team to me. Like they just don't. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is a big part of that. 7.1 yards per attempt. That's 17th and tied with big names like Desmond Ritter and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's like average. Adjusted completion rate. T-Bag's been more accurate this year, Dwayne. Passer rating, which is more so a sign of the overall passing offense, not the quarterback. But yeah, 19th behind uh, Derek Carr. So that's where we are with uh, Trevor Lawrence right now. <laughs> we have a guy in our chat. This is he rage drop Prince mid-game. <laughs> that's the funniest like fantasy move where like you know you don't have to drop anyone until it comes time for waivers but when you just say f that you send a message to the rest of your fantasy squad that this performance isn't going to cut it and you let them go on sunday or monday <laughs> absolutely love that so yeah again you know travis Etienne uh, obviously not getting much going in the fourth because they were too far behind but you know usual workhorse stuff there ridley had as many catches as you listening to this did at halftime yeah christian kirk right now pretty much the only sure thing in this pass game obviously him and etn weekly starts definitely deserve to download the expectations and kirk had much. a brutal fumble the the one that yeah. should have been the touchdown without the celebration yep. but yeah yep 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 36 percent target share for kirk today so, <sighs> i mean which you know is when you're playing the 49ers funneling towards the middle of the field is usually better but yeah kirk kirk's distancing at this point from ridley madness Madness to win. All right, on to the late afternoon slate. We had the Cowboys take down the Giants 49 to 17, covering that 17 and a half point spread in the overcash at 39. So we'll talk about the Cowboys in a sec, but man, credit to Tommy DeVito, Dwayne. This is the Giants' second highest point total of the season. You know yeah. that 17 fucking points. Just ridiculous. Oh and it was basically at the end of the game when the Cowboys are just like, Let's, we feel bad for these people. Like <laughs> these guys are humans. Let's let's let let's let's let them score something. I want to double check this because I almost didn't believe it when I saw the tweet. Um, but yes, it is in fact true. Tommy DeVito has more touchdown passes than Daniel Jones this year now. And I know they came in garbage time, but like, my God, and I'm not trying to kick the guy while he's down, but just look, I feel for Tommy DeVito. I watched this game. Uh, dude, talk about just being 
harassed <laughs> the whole time. I mean, he honestly, I, he had, if I were Tommy DeVito and I were a professional athlete, I would have been scared. I would have genuinely just been scared for my life every play. It was terrible. Like for him to manage to get to even what he had here is honestly a miracle. Yeah, honestly, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Cowboys here, but like, there's yeah. nothing else to say with the Giants. I mean, Saquon, <laughs> Saquon Barkley is going to get a lot of touches, and he like it's a miracle that Saquon was as good as he was. But you know what? Even he got banged up in the fourth quarter. They're down like 42 to nothing or something, and I see Saquon like hobbling away after getting uh, a meaningless touch. So yeah, Giants just a uh, you know great organization right now. But again, congrats on those uh, 17 points and Jalen Hyatt. Hopefully, can clear the concussion protocol quickly. Okay, on the Cowboys, man. Fourth straight game following that 49ers, just the back on primetime that Dak Prescott has looked a lot like a top five NFL quarterback. And, you know, Dwayne, it's not like Dak hasn't had these stretches throughout his career. I mean, he's had a lot of them like at the beginning of seasons. And I think he's kind of thrown the expectations out of whack a couple times, you know, in 2019, 2020, some of these years where it just looks like he's going to throw for, you know, 6,000 yards. And then he kind of comes cr crashing back to earth just a little bit. So on the one hand, you know, I don't want to get too carried away, but my God, dude, I mean, weeks one through five, Five passing touchdowns, four picks. Week six to 10, which is only four games in that period, 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. And man, just looking out there, like this was, I know, competition-wise, not exactly the toughest game, but just other than one bad interception, man, like one of just the better passing performances I've seen Dak put forward. The amount of just downfield dimes to both Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb, and even a long touchdown to Michael Gallup, man, just one absolute dot after another. So yeah, incredible game from Dak and accordingly man we get brandon cooks going for a buck 73 only had 165 yards coming into today so it's really good to see him finally have that breakout game gallup touchdown i checked next gen stats 10th fastest ball carrier time recorded this season only behind tyreek and jamar chase among wide receivers so good to see gallup apparently you know feeling good following obviously all these lower leg injuries over the years and yeah Dwayne, everything was great except for Tony Pollard. NFL high, 151 consecutive touches without a touchdown. Did you rage drop Tony Pollard, Dwayne? Are we at that point? <laughs> you could. Yeah, I mean, look, it was another weird game script, though, where they it the always Cowboys, is. Cowboys don't play very many regular game scripts, but it's pretty clear. They just, they have Pollard in a role, like he's going to be in the role he's in, and he's not going to really veer that far from it, and he just doesn't look good. He still doesn't look good. Like he does not look explosive. He does not look powerful. He's not involved in the passing game the way that we wanted him to be. Like I look, it's very clear. Tony Pollard's not the player he was last year, and we just have to accept it. Like we can't keep trying to make mistakes. I mean, keep make uh, excuses. He's still getting enough utilization that it's really hard to bench him. So yeah, it's frustrating. You shouldn't be getting five and a half points. I'll tell you that. It should be better than that, even as bad as he's playing. But uh, like it is what it is at this point, you know, Pollard's a, a mid range. We've had him really as that mid range, the low end running back two for the last three weeks now. And that's just kind of where, you know, he's stuck. So I, I go ahead. He got stopped at the goal line, one yard line twice on separate yeah. drives. Like I'm just saying, Dwayne, like if he had, would your opinion of this change at all? If you just, again, had an extra six feet under his rushing totals, or is it just like, again, because, even with those, he wouldn't have looked any better. I'm with you. The efficiency didn't change. And sadly, now we're almost like as Dak has taken off passing the ball, other than that Chargers game where they were almost in a little bit more, you know, comeback heavy game script, at least for portions there. I mean, he's not 
getting as involved in the receiving game either, man. That's the part that really sucks here. Yeah, because the Cowboys decided on their bye correctly that they can't run the ball very well. And they've decided they're going to throw the ball and they're going to center their offense around CD Lamb, which is, you know, working. Um, I'm very interested to see what the drop back rate over expectation was uh, for yesterday. But the last two games since the bye, it's been way up there. The Cowboys are looking like a pass heavy team again. So this is Dak arrow up. All the receivers arrow up. <laughs> Tony Pollard arrow down. Now it can always change. We know that this is the, what I will say about Pollard. We've seen Pollard historically be really good in the passing game. I, and I do think that can be his out here um, because where has he struggled really with the physicality of the game? <laughs> you know, when you get him involved in the passing game, you let him get in mismatches against linebackers, safeties, things like that, get him into open space. We might really see more of the normal Tony, the, the normal Tony Pollard. Um, so there's always that chance of that, but so far they just haven't needed to, they've got other guy. And now with Brandon cook stepping up as well, like, Brandon Cook's only 53% route participation today, but in the first half before it was not 73%. Okay. Uh, and in that first half, Mike, Michael Gallup is basically rotating with Jalen Tolbert. So do not go grab Michael Gallup. But Brandon Cook's is a name that's been trending up for the last few weeks with Dallas. Do 23% target share. He had a 29% target share in the first half. 10 targets, 9 catches, 173 yards and a touchdown. I watched this game, and I didn't even realize that Brandon Cooks had 173 yards until they said <laughs> something about it. I was like, what? 173? Um, so, yeah, like Dak, Dak's looking really good, though. Um, like, he, he's playing as well as he's ever played. As is CeeDee Lamb, now the first player in NFL history with three straight games with at least 10 catches for 150 or more yards. So caught a touchdown and ran in a touchdown today. So CeeDee absolutely going nuclear recently. Going to be uh, one hell of a you know first-team all-pro wide receiver uh, discussion. Obviously, Tyreek is right there, and no one's taking that spot. But between AJB and CeeDee, man, if CeeDee can keep this up and start making it close down the stretch, uh, that could prove interesting. I'm not trying to say he's got it, Eagles fans. I would go. Tyreek and AJB right now, but truly, truly special stuff that CD is also doing right now. And also, yeah, shout out to the Cowboys. 12 straight home win, longest current streak in the NFL dating back to week two of last season. The Cardinals took down the Falcons 25 to 23, getting Kyler Murray that W in his first game back in 2023. Cardinals obviously covered as two point dogs in the overcash at 43 and a half. So not only was Kyler back, Dwayne, but like I just think if you showed me like today's film and put it next to like last year's film in like week three and Dude. just asked me to say which one was different, I want to know, man. He looked 100% healthy out there running around. No, Kyler looked great. Um, I know they, he didn't end up having a huge day, but I mean, six rushing attempts for 33 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And I mean, he was fast. He was eluding people. He had defenders on his heels running away from them. You know, he even had a couple times where he was cutting. That's uh, yeah, scramble I, I, in the fourth quarter on like third and long. That was dude, vintage. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was, that play was over. They had no business getting <laughs> that first down and Kyler got him that first down. So yeah, I, I think it's we just have to look at Kyler Murray moving forward just like it was Kyler Murray last year. You know, we talked about, well, we're going to have to ramp up, you know, his before he gets really involved, you know, running the ball, blah, blah, blah. And we did talk about there's a chance maybe scrambling because he can pick his spots, you know, and he, he just knows he can take off. He can still slide. He can protect himself. Yeah, he looked great today. So and, and it was obviously it was good for the entire offense because, uh, you know, he's a, he's an accurate passer and it showed up today. Trey McBride. 
21.2 fantasy points, 78% route participation, 29% target share, nine targets, eight catches, 131 yards. Ian Rondell Moore, a guy that you talked about last week on the question show, second on the team. He had a 26% target share, 75% of the routes, 9.3 fantasy points. So didn't end up with a huge game from Rondell, but it was nice to see him more engaged in the offense than what we've seen before. And we have seen him and Kyler connect and get things going. Hollywood was out there for 100% of the routes. It just wasn't his day. Uh, I, I would still buy low on on Hollywood. Yeah, he's gonna be the top option in the offense. I think it's him and Trey McBride, and then Rondell or or you know Michael Wilson is kind of the third guy. Wilson was actually on the field more than Rondell. 92% route participation, 19% target share. But it's a big boost to all these guys. Um, and I know Josh Dobbs played admirably. I know we just talked about Josh Dobbs being a good fantasy asset for the Vikings. But I he's do not believe. Kyler. Yeah, he's not Kyler, and he's not going to have – Kyler is just going to give you that more consistent accuracy, and uh, I think we saw all that today. So this is – it's it's really good for the Cardinals. The, the main thing with Kyler is that they don't end up shutting him down because they don't want to win games <laughs> because I, they want an earlier pick. I feel like, like I think that's that the main point, risk. Though. Like, I, they just wouldn't have brought him back, I feel like, at all. Well, maybe. I don't know. Like they said, you know, maybe they they feel like they need to let him play to show that he's still got value. How many games does it take to show that if their goal is to trade him? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I I mean, I think it's it's hard to say either way. I still feel like there's some risk with that. But like while Kyler is out here and maybe he will be the whole year, I, I can't. There's no way to know We're, we would just be guessing. But everybody looks better. Uh, and James Conner returned to Ian. So that was nice. Just kudos to everyone that, uh, you know, was able to take that August advice and just use, like, again, especially if you had a keeper league, like, there was no easier choice than Kyler Murray in those last final rounds. Stash him on IR, literally use the roster spot, and now you have a legit QB1 down the stretch who, to Dwayne's point, will make the entire offense that much better. Great quote from Kyler after the game, talking about a six-yard touchdown run that came on a read option, saying at the D end, gave me a read like my legs didn't work. I haven't had a read like that since year two so yeah i think the you know falcons probably assumed that they weren't going to be using kyler that much in the game and most of his rush attempts did come on scrambles like they weren't making a habit of you know just asking kyler to do that much but just in terms of what he did do out there yeah it was spectacular as was trey mcbride's performance Dwayne. i mean my goodness man his second blow-up performance in three weeks and on the season now using regular target qualifiers 25 giving us a good you know 30 or 35 group of tight ends yards per route run 2.39 that is number two behind only one travis kelsey who's only a little bit ahead at 2.43 and your favorite Dwayne targets per route run also number two behind only kelsey so it's one of these weird things man we're like we were forced to because of the specific week have a bunch of like dalton kincaid versus trey mcbride questions but the answer is just yes man i think both these guys are gonna be <laughs> top six tight ends next week yeah trey mcbride looks great um, and if you've got him in dynasty, you've got to feel really great about it. Like this dude is an absolute target magnet. So uh, like we've had him already in the tight end one conversation for a couple of weeks, but he's a mid range tight end one. Like, I mean, he's borderline top five tight end. Like, I mean, these guys are knocking on the door right now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see a way to keep McBride out of the top six, to be honest, moving forward. Um, just earning way too many targets. A really good player. James Conner also returned. I'll just quickly run through yep. his stuff, Ian. 64% of the rushing attempts, 63% snap share, 36% uh, route participation. So, you know, pretty much with the role that we saw him in before he got injured, 
not not getting a ton of work in the passing game, but definitely the lead back. And it was his first game um, to return, so we could see a little bit more from him moving forward. But that's putting him right back into that running back two conversation. He's going to give you RB1 spike weeks, especially if this Cardinals offense is now playing better uh, with Kyler. Three key sheeshes to know on the Cardinals side. Speaking of playing in better offenses, Connor probably should have, I mean, he could have, I should say, had a touchdown at the end of the game, but had to be all smart and responsible and all that stuff for the Cardinals. And he did not take the Falcons' opportunity to go waltz into the end zone and then give them the football back. So close, but no cigars there on that Todd Gurley, Brian Westbrook special sort of play. Also, Hollywood Brown, yes, he did only have that one catch, but man, wide open for a potential 28-yard touchdown, but it was was a bad Kyler overthrow. The Hollywood missed from 28 and the Zay Flowers missed from 41. Those were the two biggest better ball scores I saw on the day. And also Michael Wilson really had a nice play with some yak, man. Got stopped just short of the goal line, though, upon further review. And again, like we're talking about two drives, man, that were inside the 10-yard line, if not even closer. Inside the five-yard line, I think, that led to a Clayton Tune QB sneak touchdown and then also a game-winning field goal. So again, 25 points from the Cardinals, but really was far more impressive than even that. On the Falcon side of things, they do have a week 11 buy, so we're not going to go through a crazy amount here. I will note that Taylor Heineke did suffer a hamstring injury, so I'm sure that's going to just be a situation, Dwayne, we'll get, you know, just super earnest, you know, honest answers from Arthur Smith about what he's going to do at quarterback. So can't wait uh, to hear that. But what we did see, finally, from our guy, Arthur, who we only have good things to say about, is a featured B. John Robinson role. 22 carries and three targets. Ended up getting his first game with more than 100 yards since week four first time with 100 yards and a touchdown Dwayne all season and it took until week 10 so it took a while but hey Bijan looking like the guy who drafted him to be in round one about damn time yeah I mean if you look at Bijan 55% of the rushing attempts I will say Arthur's teased us with this a couple times already this year he gave him 50% in week three gave him 64% of the rushing attempts in week four and then it turned around and went back to 41 45 44 40 so we'll see definitely the high on the season for Bijan with 22 rushing attempts for 95 yards uh route participation that's never been a problem for Bijan but this this was a great game I mean 77% of the snaps 55% of the attempts and 85% route participation so and Bijan looking good out there I'm sure somehow though Ian Arthur will equate this to see we lost. <laughs> I, I gave I gave this guy Bijan, you know, a full time role in the game, and we lost the game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, the Falcons are fading fast. You know, they had four. They were what were they four and three, and then they they reeled off three losses in a row. Um, yep. So not not looking so good for Atlanta. So probably going to have another top ten pick next year that uh, they can just not play. Please, for the love of God, shout out Denny Carter for putting this out there, universe. We need, uh, as Denny said, Congress to step in and make sure Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, can go nowhere. Near oh, my Atlanta. God. Can't no. have it, Dwayne. Can't yeah. have it. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> By the way, Marvin Harrison Jr. for Heisman. Final note I do have here, Taylor Heineke. Shout out to you because I really thought he was about to run in for a touchdown, Dwayne. Like, he had the angle. He's a pretty athletic dude. He decided to slide inside the five-yard line, so Bijan got his touchdown. So thank you for that, Taylor. And then final note here is, look, guys, the Falcons only threw the football 21 times as we have seen them do. And accordingly, Kyle Pitts and Drake London busted. But Pitts, five targets. Drake London, four targets. I mean, Jonathan Smith actually kind of 
output. Like this was like the marquee Arthur Smith game for us, man. We just didn't really get, uh, you know, enough pass game volume. But same, you know, general expectations for Pitts and London moving forward after that week 11 bye. Moving right along, the Seahawks took down the Commanders 29 to 26, ruining Ian's parlay because I took spread, not money line like an idiot. But Washington did cover that plus six point spread, overcashed at 44. And now the Commanders and Sam Howell will have a week 11 bye to go chill during. So, really was Geno's best game of the year. And I understand you are facing the Washington Commanders. So, that should happen, but really had some great throws out there. Clutch moments to DK Metcalf on the last drive and a couple really nice layer balls to Tyler Lockett also shout out Kenneth Walker you know middling day on the ground but when you are a freaking baller Dwayne what do ballers do they randomly break 64 yard touchdown catches and you know just make their fancy managers proud so great stuff there and yeah man really just was another performance from the Seahawks where we have some great players all around and it was good to see them do great things just didn't quite get the big game from Jackson Smith and Jigba maybe we were hoping for so overall Dwayne again Nice performance, 29 points. What did you see out of the Walker-Charbonnet usage? Because this has been a situation where this week we had Kenny dealing with a chest injury. Wasn't sure if that impacted him in week nine. and week eight, he had the calf issue, presumably fully healthy for four quarters out of today. What did you see from the split, and what do you expect moving forward? Yeah, I think we can pretty much call this now. We've got three games, and Charbonnet's taken over the passing, the passing downs. Uh, Kenneth Walker is still the lead early down option. 73% of the rushing attempts. He had the lone carry inside the five today, only a 27% route participation. Although his target that he did, he had two targets and the the one that he caught, he took 64 yards to the house for a touchdown. So that worked out well for him. Uh, Charbonnet did best him in snaps overall, 53% to 47%, but only 23% of the rushing attempts. But again, it's the routes, 63% route participation today for Charbonnet at six carries, 44 yards, five targets, four catches for 18 yards. So we really do have a split backfield. I would expect Kenneth Walker to have the, you know, to have the higher touch totals, higher opportunity totals each week, probably looking at somewhere depending on game script though. That's where it can get iffy now for Kenneth Walker. If they get in a sideways game, there's going to be a chance that he only gets 12, 13 touches. And if he doesn't score a touchdown or break a long play for you, that's going to be problematic. So really puts him in that Brian Robinson Jr. range, which you know, we'll talk about him in a second. Like had a wild box score for <laughs> Brian Robinson Jr. today, like the like bizarro land. But I was about to say weeks one through nine, Brian Robinson Jr. is a great (laughs) Yeah, not today's. Uh, But yeah, looking at Kenneth Walker, it's it's just a little bit more tricky now because it's going to be game script. But like he continues to look good, man. Like I I still just love watching Kenneth Walker. I think he's still fine from a fantasy standpoint. It's just we had him very we had him locked into that mid range running back one conversation really for all of the season up until these last couple of weeks. And he's. He's no longer deserving to get that kind of ranking every week. So more of a low-end running back one to high-end running back two. Definitely could give you some duds if things don't work right. Charbonnet also now like kind of sniffing around enough to maybe give you kind of like Jalen Warren production. You know, borderline RB2 if you're really in a pinch. 
Now, Charbonnet hasn't been as involved as Warren, so it's definitely a more small sample size. But, man, he's earned this, like, usage with what he has done so far in terms of the, you know, heightened yards per carry and especially some of the good work he's done pass blocking. I believe when I checked earlier this week, PFF's third highest grade pass blocking running back on the season. So, great stuff there. And, yeah, still 20 touches for Kenneth Walker. So, when Dwayne says we're downgrading him, like, we're still going to be answering every start-sit question with Kenneth Walker or we're going to be answering with, you know, leave your four-team league out there. So, Again, just relative to, again, that like top five, top six ranking we had for Walker is all we're talking about there. On the other side of the football, Dwayne, you mentioned the huge Brian Robinson game. No, only had a 38 rushing yards on the ground, but my mans can catch all six of his targets for a buck 19 and a tud. Looked like they had a, you know, Eric Bieniemy just installed a Patrick Mahomes scramble until the whole defense comes to you, and then he flipped the ball to Jarek McKinnon play uh, for Sam Howe and Brian Robinson out there, Dwayne. So Antonio Gibson also caught a touchdown and accordingly we did see just a really spread out version of this commander's attacks i mean how 312 yards three touchdowns again looking great only took three sacks out there but when you had terry mclaurin with eight targets and then nobody else with more than six i mean that's been the only problem in washington Dwayne. like if i told you that sam howell was going to be on pace by week 10 to throw for 4,700 yards and 29 touchdowns jahan dots and curtis samuel logan thomas antonio gibson we would have been higher on all these guys it's just been a bit too spread out for fantasy managers to fully reap the rewards. Other than Sam Howell, fantasy managers, you're feeling great. Yeah, man. If you've got Sam Howell, you are feeling great. I mean, this guy, listen to these passing totals over the last three games, 397, 325, and then 312 today. Ooh. He's got eight passing touchdowns in the span, three today. Trevor Lawrence could Sam. never. Sorry, sorry. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, And people continue to rank Trevor Lawrence ahead of Sam Howell. This is going on in our industry every week. Like it, people need to stop. I mean, Sam Howell is a better quarterback, I think, right now. Sam Howell's definitely a better fantasy quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. And you know, we should. It can we really say that Trevor Lawrence? There's any way possible that he's really better than Sam Howell right now? Like, I think based off the off the information we have, I think we have to say Sam Howell is probably a better quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't the. What's the difference? He wasn't the first pick. That's the only thing positive going in Trevor's favor right now is that he was the number one pick overall in the draft. The sacks matter, but I hear you, man. Yeah, it's no, the sacks do matter. Way closer than it should be. Let's put it that way. It's, this reminds me of like when uh, there's a legit argument. This is like when Francis Ngannou boxed Tyson Fury a couple of weeks ago and people are like going through the rounds. And it's like, okay, the fact that we actually have to talk about this just goes to show you how terribly wrong it went for Tyson Fury and how terribly wrong it is going for Trevor Lawrence. So I'm with you there, man. So again, 278 yards passing per game, man. I mean, <laughs> Sam Howell is. Look, he's balling 1.7 passing touchdowns per game. Yeah, it's 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 really good. And to your point, like if 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 we had known that Sam Howell was going to do this, you would think that Terry McLaurin's having a wide receiver one season. <laughs> right. I mean, we would be we yeah. like, dude, Terry's going off. Terry's going to have like Terry's going to be wide receiver 10. Terry might be the wide receiver six. But uh, it, it's just a very, very diverse offense. Um, and I don't think we can really say that that's going to change because this is what it's been all year. I will say Terry's still, he's still the best guy. Oh, like yeah. even today, like he had eight targets, he led the way, but everybody else is still involved. It's just, it's hard to have that monster game. Uh, we haven't seen that from any of the Washington guys. And man, Jahan Dotson finally thought he was kind of getting it together again. Well, once again, he still has the role, Dwayne, so he can't be like out. He, on no, it. he has the role, 94% route participation, <sighs> but zero fantasy points. 
Uh, so that's always fun. That's always a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's those, those two guys plus Logan Thomas on the field. The most did have uh, Curtis Samuel return today. He didn't really do much. Um, and then you, you know, you've got Diami Brown's got to be out there for 21% route participation. Byron Pringle, 17%, uh, Jamison Crowder got to get him a few snaps, sprinkle him in there a little bit as well. I will note that while it wasn't, you know, anything that Diami really did out there, I mean, that touchdown to tie in the fourth from Howell to Diami, like he literally layered it over two defenders to the point that they ran into each other afterwards, and then Diami was able to get into the end zone. So, again, can't say enough good things about Sam Howell despite the losing effort. Lions took down the Chargers and maybe the game of the day, 41 to 38. Detroit did cover as two and a half point faves. The overcash at 48 and a half. So truly shout out to both coaches, like just, you know, throwing one haymaker after another. The Lions went four for five on fourth down throughout the afternoon. The Chargers went three for three. So again, bravo to both and bravo to Jared Goff, man. I never thought that we would get back to the point where he looks as good as he did during that, you know, 2017, 2018 run that the Rams had. But sure enough, man, like we are seeing arguably if not just inarguably the best version of golf ever at this point in time 81.6 adjusted completion rate that is the best mark in the nfl seventh in yards per attempt and just in terms of pure pff passing grade only to a tackle by loa is the higher graded quarterback than golf this year so accordingly sun god is doing sun god things eight catches buck 56 and a touchdown just looking easy out there man he hasn't missed all year at this point so mr ride or die riding on Know you guys all are riding him to that fantasy championship glory hopefully you know we still got some games to play but otherwise man it was just a situation where like could have should have would have been bigger days for some of these guys uh jameson williams caught a short screen really athletic dive into the end zone was gonna be a 15-yard touchdown i was hyped nope nullified on illegal block below the waist so that sucked also could have had a second touchdown for monroe st brown but he decided to party like it was 2022 again and get tackled at the one yard line on that same drive dave montgomery got stopped just short twice and they had to actually turn the ball over but luckily Dwayne jameer gibbs is apparently back in the good graces not that he ever wasn't but just in terms of getting the football at the one yard line after he'd fails to score happened to him not once but twice and the lions kept feeding him until he did get those touchdowns so i like to think that you know on his bye week deandre swift is just watching jameer gibbs get down the one and get stuffed and then get stuffed and he's like oh yeah see this is what happens and then he sees him get the follow-up carries and, oh what the hell man i never would have gotten those opportunities so all that to say again lions offense we knew was really good and they went out and had a really good uh you know just performance obviously 41 freaking points out there but Dwayne, this was the first game we have seen since what week four with fully healthy versions of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery so both guys balled the hell out I mean the Montgomery 75 yard touchdown run was absolutely electric what did you see though from a utilization standpoint to make you believe that they can keep this production coexisting moving forward um I, I think Gibbs is trending up and Montgomery's trending down that doesn't mean that Montgomery can't have value but I mean in this first game 58 percent of the snaps to Gibbs 38 percent to Monty I will say they were rotating um, but what was happening is, so they were rotating who was getting the rushing attempts each drive, mm. but in the drives where Monty, where it was his drive, guess who was coming on the field on the passing downs Gibbs. Mm. So okay. it's essentially looking like it could be a Brown, a 50, 50 share in the run game, but most of the passing down work is going to go to Jameer Gibbs, which is what we wanted. <laughs> and Monty is not, he's not retaining that short down and distance role where he got all the work inside the five before. So 
this is a blow to Montgomery. This means that he is now going to need to break a long run or be lucky enough to be the guy that's on the field when they get inside the five-yard line that that happens to be his drive because Gibbs isn't coming off the field for those things now. So this puts Gibbs in the driver's seat. Looks a little bit more like a Green Bay kind of thing, um, you know, kind of a 1A, 1B. Um, so Montgomery's still going to be valuable. He's still going to do his thing, but I think that we're probably going to have some duds here and there. Um, you know, he, he's, he's still going to be a guy that you're going to start every single week, but Gibbs, like this is really, really good for him. 64% route participation in, he had 50% of the rushing attempts today, 16% target share. So 14 Ooh. carries 77 yards, two touchdowns, five targets, three catches for 35 yards. So this is what we hoped for when you drafted Jameer Gibbs. We always knew Montgomery would be involved. But this is what we wanted. Somewhere around half the carries, and we didn't even know if he'd get that. We thought it'd be more like a 30-40% carry guy. But it looks like he's probably going to get about half the rushing work, and then he's going to be the main guy on passing downs. And, and he doesn't have to leave the field when he gets inside the five. So those are just huge things for a guy that can make big play like big plays like Gibbs in an offense like this. We could be seeing what we saw from Alvin Kamara his rookie season for the rest of the for the rest of the way for Gibbs like I he's a running back one like I think you, we have to move him into the running back one conversation and Monty moves into the running back two conversation it's been probably the most fantasy friendly offense for running backs dating back to week one of last year because you have this you know statue quarterback in golf who's going to feed you all the targets you want and they're high scoring enough to consistently get these goal line opportunities and it does finally seem like Dwayne that Gibbs is going to be not the number two here I mean again Montgomery's not going anywhere I understand that but like this it was a lazy comparison to say that Montgomery was just taking Jamal Williams' role because it was so much more than that to start the year. I mean, Williams didn't play more than 50% snaps of the games. He only did it one time last year. Montgomery was clearing 70% in those early season actions. So now at this point, Montgomery, to your point, probably more of you know that touchdown-dependent RB2. But guess what? He's in an offense that scores a shit ton of touchdowns, so he's still going to want to be in your lineup far more weeks than not. So set up great, my friend. And with that, let's talk about the Chargers here who, hey, you know, scored 38 points in their own right. Bit of a rocky start for Justin Herbert, but by the end of it, he figured out just throw the ball to Keenan Allen and good things will happen happen 11 catches buck 75 and two touchdowns for keenan and it's been a while man i mean we hadn't seen him go over even 85 yards in a game since week three hadn't seen herbert go for over 300 yards since week three Nice reminder, Dwayne, against a really good defense with Aiden Hutchinson and company, usually making life pretty difficult, especially at the line of scrimmage. And again, just a nice reminder that Keenan, Eckler, Herbert, these guys have those booms with them. And, you know, I'm appreciative that they showed us again. Yeah, nothing huge to talk about here other than, you know, the big games from Herbert and from Keenan. I will say Jalen Guyton got into the mix here today. He had 14.1 fantasy points, 85% route participation, and a 15% target share. Not a high-end target earner, but this is a pass-first offense. They run a lot of plays. You've got a good quarterback, blah, 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 the things that we always talk about. And we've got a situation where we're not going to see Josh Palmer. This was his second game on IR. So he's got at least another two contests before we can see him again. So Jalen Guyton could be a guy in deeper leagues. Uh, Quentin Johnston, 85% route participation as well. He scored 13.4 fantasy points. He did catch a touchdown. He was wide open. Kind of double clutched it a little. Uh, don't drop it. <laughs> don't drop it, Quentin Johnston. Uh, it was a nice. It was a nice play design uh, inside the five yard line. So good for you, Quentin Johnston. But only ten percent of the targets. And this is a game where we had for periods of time we had Keenan Allen out of the game. Keenan Allen happened to come back in the game for that play. 
he had been out for probably a couple of drives. And he shoulder was a injury on the yep. left. Yeah, the shoulder injury. But thank God, Keenan did come back after that, and he scored another touchdown. So he does seem to be fine. Um, but Quentin Johnson, you know, it's nice. He scored the touchdown today, but just really – Hoping for more, Ian. Just, just really, and even Tony Romo was ripping on him. I don't know if you saw the one, <laughs> the one play where he's like, Quentin Johnson's down there, just basically half-assing around, and Justin Herbert throws it up, and he turns around, and there's a ball in his lap. You know, I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of funny listening to Romo uh, jump on Quentin Johnson a little bit, but we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Not, he, he's playing, getting plenty of playing time, so there's always a chance that he could turn into that wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside, but ugh, not, not looking too good right now for him. Uh, Ian, did you see him out there? And like, he's obviously, you know, he went in the first round for a reason. You know, the Chargers weren't going to yeah. take him. He was projected as a first round pick because he's big and freaking fast and physical and tough to deal with. So he drew a couple penalties, man, where he honestly looked like he could have caught the ball anyway, but he drew the penalty. So it was okay. But literally, man, like the corner just had no choice, but to almost try to tackle him, fell down. The ball hit his hands, man, probably should have been an 86 yard house call. Like that was the one that really hurt out there. Cause you see sometimes like Christian Watson last year, man, it was like such a rough start for him and he gets injured and he's you know off and on and then he just like scores that first touchdown in the Cowboys game and you just kind of see this like weight of the world lifted off mm -hmm. I thought we saw it on the other sideline with Jameson Williams when he scored that screen because even he had that nice touchdown early on this year but then it's kind of been struggling since so you know got a lot of questions this morning in the fantasy life discord about you know Quentin Johnson as a stash and if we're still holding out hope so I'm with you you know keeping the candle on and everything especially now with uh, Palmer out of the picture for those next few weeks at least as you were saying but yeah certainly can't be all that confident and by all that i mean not confident at all in starting him at least for week 11 final other notes here uh just austin eckler you know got you guys one touchdown maybe not your usual 20 plus you know 25 point fantasy performance you're used to being spoiled with just realized he did get stopped short not once not twice but three damn times on the same drive ended up culminating in that aforementioned touchdown to quentin johnston there so yeah it would have been a quick, lot cooler um, but yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say on eckler like his role is evolving um okay. People don't notice it because it's like he just has always still scored fantasy points. But if you really look at Eckler, you know, early in the season, they were they were kind of trying to cap, you know, his touches, his snaps. They're not doing that anymore. The last three games, he had 69 percent, 66 percent, 71 percent early in the year. Remember, he'd get around 50 percent of the rushing attempts like week one. He had 40 percent Yeah. week, uh, you know, week six when he first came back right at 60 and then he had 56 percent. Today, he had 68% of the carries. Last week, he had 70% of the carries. So they've pretty much moved to a full-on. It's all going to Austin Eckler at this point. So I think you're going to get – he's going to – he's going to – I think he has a shot to – it's probably still Christian McCaffrey's the running back one, you know, the rest of the way. Yeah. But it will not surprise me if Eckler's right there and it's those two battling back and forth. He's now in a role very similar to what we've talked about with CMC all year. If Eckler can snatch it and beat CMC, he'll become the first uh, – I get that stat right. Disregard that stat for a time being. There hasn't been a repeat – okay, there has not been a repeat RB1 in fantasy since I believe – 
Marshall Falk and like 0203. It's been a different winner every single time. So if Eckler can get there, man, that would be some true goat shit from your boy. Uh, also, Gerald Everett, unfortunately, suffered a back injury. Didn't see exactly how long that kept him out. But yeah, that sucked. And uh, Dwayne, I'm happy you shouted out uh, Jalen Guyton in deeper leagues because I, last Thursday, picked him up in my 32-team league. Thank you for helping lead us <laughs> to victory this week, Jalen Guyton. That's what 32 teams leagues do, man. I was excited to start Jalen uh, Guyton this week. Uh, you know, had, had Justin Watson on the buy so we had to uh, try to get through that all right guys final one appreciate you guys all sticking with us raiders took down the jets 16 to 12 on sunday night football they did you know obviously cover as one point underdogs in the under cash here as it always seems to do in prime time at a lowly 35 and a half so Dwayne and i only watched the first half of this one wanted to go and talk to you guys and also just realize that you guys come on you know it's jets raiders i don't think we have the craziest fantasy you know ramifications coming out of this one Zach Wilson, I did see a couple of highlights that kind of just engulfed the Zach Wilson experience. Very cool Hail Mary to, you know, ultimately lose the game. But man, the arm talent on display, Dwayne, you know, it can can really uh, be fun sometimes. Brees Hall out there couldn't get much going efficiency wise. He did have a short touchdown nullified on a CJ Uzoma hole where he tackled Max Crosby. So that wasn't too cool. Uh, yeah, but Tyler Conklin doing his thing. Garrett Wilson getting force fed the ball with the Jets, Dwayne. Again, it's Brees Hall, it's Garrett Wilson, even Tyler Conklin a little bit these days but that's pretty much it yeah nothing different here Brees hall was pretty much in the same role I, it's so funny every time we there's a jets game on the announcers talk about dalvin cook <laughs> wanting the ball more when he gets like his one touch for the game uh cook had four carries 13 for Brees, so we're still really sitting where we have been uh route participation um and sometimes this data can take a little bit um to get updated so right now it's showing 33 percent, but i can't say for sure on that but yeah nothing else to report on the Jets side pretty much business as usual we did hear that Aaron Rodgers told Melissa Stark his goal is to return in mid-December so that could make things awfully interesting for the total upside of Garrett and Brees then wow. but yeah just uh just nice in the meantime to see them getting peppered with uh these opportunities Dwayne because that was the only annoying part in like weeks three and weeks four like you know 12 points yeah I, It'd be a lot cooler if we could score an offensive touchdown, but come on, let's not get crazy here uh, with the expectations. But like just the fact that we're seeing Garrett Wilson with 14 targets and Brees Hall pushing for an easy 15 touches and going usually more for over 20 week to week, all you can really ask for at this point in time. And yeah, over to the Raiders side of the ball, Aiden O'Connell, Able to eat the W, second one in a row for the Raiders under new head coach Antonio Pierce. So, yeah, go ahead and get out those victory cigars once again. What a tradition we got going on in Vegas. So they came out trying to force-feed Devontae Adams the ball, and he did end up catching six of them for 86 yards, which, hey, man, only the – I think that's only targets, the, man. Took a while to <laughs> get there. 52% target share. <laughs> He, uh, I, I guess he made his uh, point known that he wanted the football a little bit more. This well, week. and Antonio Pierce has said all along, he's like, we're going to go to Devontae Adams. We're going to go to Josh Jacobs. Like, that's going to be our offense. He and he wasn't lying. <laughs> Freaking uh, Josh Jacobs said, yeah, he did. Josh Jacobs had 27 rushing attempts. 84% of the of the rushing uh, share for the Raiders tonight. He had 116 yards, so good for you. 4.3 yards per carry. Did not have a touchdown, though, but also 60% route participation. So, these guys are all going to continue to be like volume vacuums. Uh, the real question is like, what kind of upside can we really get out of an offense like this when we have Aiden O'Connell to your point? Yes, he gets the W, but only goes 16 of 27 for 153 yards, one touchdown, one pick, 59% completion rate. So it's kind of like uh, what we talked about with Kenny Pickett. It's pretty gross. Like we're, we're, we're praying we can get to 200 yards passing and, 
So while we get excited, like, you know, that's really awesome that Devontae Adams had that many targets. And this is a good defense that he was playing against. So give Aiden O'Connell a, a little bit, you know, of credit here. Um, you know, playing against the Jets can make a lot of quarterbacks look yeah. bad. So we'll hold out. Uh, as, as Ian says, we'll, I'll leave the candle lit. I know you leave the candle turned on because you've got like electronic candles or something. No, you're I the don't. guy with all the candles. I know you're the candle connoisseur here. You know that candles stay lit. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it is what it is. We need Aiden O'Connell to step up. Let's just say that. But uh, Adams, you know, he's out there uh, earning targets like a, uh, an alpha because he is an alpha. Joins CD Lamb, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, and Keenan Allen as the only wide receivers with more than even 50 yards against Sauce Gardner and company. So to Dwayne's point, yeah, expectations were low for this passing game. So at least they got a little something going. So shout out Josh Jacobs, buck 27 total yards. Did lose a fumble at the end, but ultimately didn't cost him anything. So we will work on keeping candles lit, not on, just like I will try <laughs> to get past my mental block of not being able to pronounce David Mount. Mount Gary, Mont, 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 David Mont, Montgomery. I'm just gonna. I said to reps, Dwayne. That's the only way I get full Monty, full Monty, full Monty, Mont, Montgomery, Montgomery, Montgomery. Okay, Montgomery. Sorry, right, with- we all have our. Hey, Dobbs gets me every time. Is it Dobbs? Is it Dubs? <laughs> is it Dobbs? I, and I know which one it is. And I still, when I see the name, sometimes I just freeze. My brain freezes. <laughs> I don't know why. I uh, I missed the tweet from someone, and I apologize if I do it sometimes. I'm not. It's, just, it's hard to catch up with the mentions sometimes. But anyway, someone was like uh, thanking us for some podcast when they mentioned how I needed like some sort of therapy to learn how to say Montgomery. And then I looked up what the therapy was. It was like that thing from uh, when they hold the dude's eyes open, like, you know, in um, a clockwork orange from back in the day. So maybe I need to get, you know, medieval with my uh, abilities to try to get some freaking pronunciations right. So yeah, I will work on that. And we will work on getting you guys ready for week 11 and beyond full schedule of regular fantasy life activities coming up one more week before thanksgiving guys and then when there's thanksgiving guess what that means the fantasy playoffs are right around the corner so Dwayne, anything else you want to get off your chest my friend we've made it 10 freaking full weeks are behind us yeah no nothing nothing else to add obviously utilization report will be updated in the morning you guys can go check out all the tools over at fantasylife.com for free you can check out the game logs. You can see the season-long stuff, whatever view you want. You want the team view. You want to see, are the Cowboys uh, drop back? Is their drop back rate over expectation high again? Is this now a pass-first offense? It feels like it probably is, but we'll have to wait and see what the data says in the morning. But you don't have to wait on me. You can check it out yourself. Great stuff, Mr. Dwayne. And I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you for loving utilization, because now we all love it, too. For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thanks again for tuning in to Fantasy Life Podcast. And until next time, take care, everyone.